everybody. Welcome to Street Fight Radio. It's the call-in show. That's right. You can talk to us by dialing 614-655-3887. We still got room in the queue. We're just waiting for you. Let us know what's going on in your world, how you're spreading that street fight mess across the U.S. or maybe abroad. I think we might have some overseas callers tonight if the, if the dms are correct and we figured out the right time zones uh my name is brett payne my co-host is brian quinby we're street fight radio the number one anarcho comedy radio show in any station across the nation we've been doing it for 10 years now out of columbus we're on wcrs community radio here in columbus 92.7 or 98.3 if you're inside 270 in columbus you can listen to street fight live and uh Hell, maybe we'll get some uh, local calls too. That would be a hoot. So, thanks for being here and spreading the cheer. We are continuing along uh, in this year to fight forward and make a better place, regardless of who the president is. And uh, it requires a lot of mutual aid and camaraderie, which uh, the Street Fight listeners have in plenty. So, we couldn't do this without all of you. And if you want to support the show, and have us not try to sell you shit like mattresses. Um, head over to patreon.com slash streetfightradio where, where you can get access to uh, bonus content like us watching uh, Shark Tanks together. Shark Tank. I had a... Shark Tanks. Shark Tanks. Street Shark Tanks is what I call it. Because there was a show when I was a kid called Street Sharks. Um, but I, I have a Shark Tank update for you if you're interested. Okay, yeah, sure. I'm interested. You know, old old, uh, headlights for your shoes while you're running? Yes, I do remember the headlights for your shoes while you're running. So the shoe headlight people uh, said they really weren't sure if they were going to make it on the show. The numbers were against them. You know, 50,000-some people signed up to be on there. Once they knew that they were going to be on the show, they had a really long lead time, time, like six or eight months. And so what they did was they cashed in and ordered a whole bunch of their shoe headlights because they knew once they were on TV, people were going to start searching it. Uh, At the same time, they never signed the deal uh with that dude what's that dude's name the good hair guy uh oh i don't know i don't know that guy i only know mr wonderful of mark cuban i don't know the rest of their names um i'm just gonna type good hair guy shark tank i don't think that's gonna give you a result (laughs) mark cuban it's not mark cuban what's his name oh okay never mind uh well anyways they never did the deal and now the, sh- the the they never they, on the show they promised to give away some of their company, but by the time the show aired, they sold enough that they don't need the the money anymore. So they're they're going to back out of the deal. So they kind of just use uh they kind of use Shark Tank for free publicity to get their like one point five million dollar business off the ground. That's what you're supposed to do. I mean, that's the whole reason for being on Shark Tank. That's smart business to me. Robert Herjavec. Robert Herjavec. Got screwed. Got fucking screwed. Hell yeah. It's great. Well, you know, it's screw the billionaires days these days. We're fighting back. That's the kind of world we're living in. Yeah, we're fighting back. Plebes bash back. Yeah. 
in business. We're fighting back in business. Yes. So that's something. You know, in the we're, we're taking it to their streets, Wall Street. <laughs> the boardroom is the the new battle. It is. It is. Yeah. Yeah. I I didn't know that. I had no fucking idea. Uh. uh Thank you. It's so- good for them. Good for headlight shoes people. Yeah, the headlight shoes people really did it. Uh, thank you to Scrumbum for sending that in. Oh, oh, okay, yeah, Scrumbum. Yeah, I was gonna say we can we can also sell mattresses if that's what people want us to do. Oh, you'll sell a purple mattress? I mean, whatever. You know, I'm 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 no better than Tim Heidecker. You know? Sure. So, you know, um, how, that's I'm, crazy. I'm looking at the stream for the first time in a long time I'm, I'm i'm i look like a fucking freak on this thing i look tall and large and i'm filling the whole screen that sounds so, like exactly what you dreamed of being no no i i look like a freak though you look you're like perfectly in there you know but i can move around on this one because i have my uh I, I'm using my AirPods because I can't use those in the studio, and uh, I have my mic that I can disconnect. So I'm looking good. I mean, I'm okay with it. I'm also showered. I'm usually filthy when I do this show, That's nice. you know, from a day of walking, and I showered. So I'm a pretty lucky guy today, I guess. This remote thing, this pointlessly remote show, by the way, which uh, I probably have come closer into contact with coronavirus uh, sitting at your house than I did for this <laughs> COVID thing. Maybe getting your Duncan. What? Maybe getting your Duncan. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Getting my coffee, I probably came closer to coronavirus than this because I, uh, uh, you know, we talked about it on the show, but like, this is really out of an abundance of caution. This is a lot of fucking caution here. Uh, uh, my niece got COVID. It's horrible. She hates it. It's not good. I she, heard it was I, bad. She, yeah, she's not enjoying having COVID. Uh, uh, you know, I, I just hearing about it through Gwen, you know, she's having trouble breathing and her eyes were like puffed up and like, it's just, it's not good. It's miserable. And she's like, you know, it's this weird thing where you got to like quarantine somebody in your house. So they have to go in the basement. You know what I mean? Uh, uh, yeah. So there's that too. You got to go, you got to go in the fucking basement and uh uh and do that like they she can't leave the basement her 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 parents can't come in the basement into her room they like basically have to just drop food off at her door right where she gets it and it's just like oh my god this is horrible don't fucking go get covid people this is why we're we're recording away from home yeah, um, I, I I heard it was pretty bad stuff. You know, I, I had reason to believe that the whole world shut down for an actual reason. <laughs> it was the perfect weekend for being snowed in. There was a 24-hour race at Daytona this weekend. It was the shit. I watched so much of it. It was just in the background. Uh, and when I'm staring at the car, like I just lose track of everything. I feel like I'm just right in the front of my face and I'm just imagining the stink of gas and screaming around those corners and it takes me away from this cold place. (laughs) Yeah. I'm usually just sitting around. Like I'm, I'm usually, I just sat around. I took a nap and watched TV all day. 
this Italian gangster show I watch. And yes, I know most gangster shows are Italian, but this one's literally Italian. Like it takes place in Italy and they speak Italian. <laughs> okay. So <laughs> is it exciting? Yeah, I dig it, man. I'll tell you what the thing that gets me architecture. Cause this thing I'm watching this and then me and my wife and daughter are watching this show that takes place in Europe too. Uh, and Russia and a few other places. And it's the, yeah, it's Gomorra for the person asking. It is like, uh, the architecture is incredible. Now I know there's probably mixed use shit condos. You know what I mean? Right. But, uh, uh, Jesus Christ, those places seem so beautiful. They went to Spain in an episode and that's when I first found it that's when i first was like jesus christ like they had these big beautiful building and these big beautiful like like things i don't know churches and shit like that and everything here looks exactly the same and every city looks the same no buildings look different you know eh, that's not really that's a negative ass attitude that isn't true but really there's old I mean, stuff I here there's old stuff here, but I guess, I guess, I don't know. I find the stuff to look very interesting I in agree. the other place. It's foreign. You know what old I mean? As fuck. No, I, I like the, that's why I watch. Not even old. There's modern shit, too, in these shows that are like these really cool, modern-looking buildings in, uh, uh, in, in Spain and stuff like that that just, they don't look like anything I've ever fucking seen. Yeah. You know what I mean? And it's just this like really cool thing. And every city I go to is like, yeah, there's a few churches and shit. And, and, and like maybe there's a cool like skyscraper gimmick or something like that. But like nothing, nothing looks like these places. Right. Uh, right. To me. You know, yeah. So, somebody in Italy know. sitting over there just wishing they could be in New York City for once in their life, and they'll never get to go. Yeah, yeah. Um, I like th that's what I love about uh, the rally stuff too. Is that they're racing in like French mountainside with these like fucking tiny little brick houses. They're screaming uh, down the road, down the mountainside, in between all of these ancient fucking structures. It's unbelievable. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anytime you get to look at, at, at Europe or, or any of those places, you're like, why can't we like hire some guy to make a building that looks like, I mean, I saw a building that basically looks like a dildo. You know what I mean? Well, I don't want that. And, don't, that's uh, the European stuff I think can stay over there. We can just visit it. Well, it didn't look like a dick. It was just rounded on the top. It looked like a dildo. I'd say it looked like a dildo. And I was just like, we don't even have buildings that look like dildos here, you know? None. I don't know. It's just I haven't seen and, a dildo like, meeting. You're right. Even the projects in uh, Italy look crazy to me. Like they just look like they're like these pyramid shaped things. It's just this really the show is beautiful. That is the thing. It's very violent and has all of the uh, uh, mobster stuff in it that you would want. But it's just this like absolutely beautiful show. And like when I look at it. It looks like, like, what am I, Washington Monument is like a dildo. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> when I, when I look at it, I'm just like, God, I never even thought I cared to go to Italy, but now I want to go to fucking Italy. Now it's like, I already had all these places I wanted to see, but now I want to see fucking Italy too. They were really ruining my life. 
with all these places that I can't ever go to. So, you know what I mean? So, so yeah, you're finding new, new, new places to feel mad that you want to go there. Yeah. And I'll never be able to go. I mean, even with COVID, it's like, uh, uh, even with COVID, it's like, okay, I can't go anywhere in COVID, but when COVID's over, I can go places. And like the biggest I'm dreaming is California. You know what I mean? Like that's yeah. the, that's the biggest I'm dreaming. Am I too loud again? I don't think so. Oh, like you just did a crazy thing. You were just yeah. calling me crazy. Yeah. You were but crazy, the crazy for saying that. Like I just realized I want to go to Italy. It makes me feel miserable. I don't get that. <laughs> I, I mean, I was pretty much, I'm open to anywhere in the world. I don't think I have, there's not like a place that I have X'd off my list. Really? It wasn't X'd off my list. It was just like, yeah, I want to go to like, I want to go to like, uh, 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 Japan. I want to see Japan. I want to see like Spain. I want to, you know, I want to see these. I never thought like, oh, I want to go, like, I want to go to Italy. Like, I didn't see myself buying the tickets to Italy. And now I'm like, yeah, I just want to go to fucking Italy. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, I, it's, it's, I mean, I, I don't, yeah, I guess so. I mean, I've wanted to always go. I mean, they've, they're pretty much like a big part of our culture here, I guess. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I don't, I, I, I'm, I'm working on sound still. Uh, this is just misery to me. I'm working on my sound while I explain read. to you why I want to go to Italy. It sounds fine. Um, yeah. So I want to go to Italy. That's that's the new thing with me. Naples. I want to go to Naples, Italy. But I don't want to get killed. I don't want to get killed by a mobster. Sure. So I think that's, that's uh, something I don't want. Yeah, I don't think that's the appeal of Italy, actually. It's, yeah. I don't well, think that's it, what happens in that movie, in that TV show I'm watching. A bunch of people just get killed all the time. Life very cheap in this show, you know? Right. So it's kind of like, uh, just don't. Yeah. Somebody said lots of anarchists in Italy. Yeah. That, that's something I would like to see. I'd like to go to a place with lots of anarchists. There's a lot of anarchists in Greek, too. Get beat up? I don't think I'd get beat up. I think they'd like me. <laughs> okay. I'm, a, I'm an amiable guy. Sure. You know? Sure. I, there was just, oh, I may, whose dad's here? Or, you know, I just did British, but yes, like... In Italy. You make fun of Italians the way they talk constantly. <laughs> Hey, is this somebody's a dad here? Somebody's a papa is here. <laughs> <laughs> what they would say if I showed up. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think that your revolve your life revolves around Italian foods mainly. I, I just don't know why it's like it seems like the mecca to go to for for a pizza maniac like yourself. And a meatball, I do love pizza. Meatball sub maniac. Yeah, I don't think they eat meatball subs in Italy. <laughs> they better. I don't, think, I don't think they eat, like, I don't think the Italian sub is like a thing in Italy. I think that's a thing here. I bet you can get a good Italian sub over there. They just call it a sub, though. They just call it a sub. <laughs> I don't think so. I'm going to disagree with that, actually. They eat those little tiny that, gross fish that are like the size of like a, a pin. They like bowls of them. Ugh. Yeah. Well, in this show I'm watching, every time they go out to eat, uh, they order fried fish plate. Okay. Every single time they go out to eat, they're like, I'll have it a fried fish plate. But they say it in Italian. Sure. Not in English. You know, and I'm, there is a dubbed version of this show for people who like dubs. I just, I can't with the mouth moving and the words being different. That's 
too much for me. I can't. I can't. I also feel like on dubs, if it's a cartoon, that's one thing. I might be able to do it on a on an anime, but on dubs, I feel like you're not getting the full acting experience. I agree with a dubbed movie because you're not getting the voice of the person who's actually doing the acting. I agree. And that's, that's why I watch things with subtitles. Yeah. And most of the time, sometimes you like, yeah, it it makes it easier to read when you, when you hear how they're saying it, you know, what's, what's, you know, what they're getting at. Yeah. It's not a, yeah, it's not a big deal. I mean, sometimes you'll be like, I don't think that's really what they said. Like I'll be second guessing (laughs) the translations on the show. What did they really mean? (laughs) There's too well, it's too edgy to talk about the death of God in America's cinema, so they changed it to something else. You know, There's, yeah, anime well, always just, has changes like that. It's also just like weird turns of phrase. There's this thing in this show I'm watching where like they play the music and they do the subtitles for the songs, uh, and it's like you make me hot, you make me lunatic. <laughs> <laughs> it's like I don't know. <laughs> Very, it, Weird to see music translated, I guess. Yeah, yeah. You got to wonder. <laughs> if, the, if That seems like a very specialized profession. Yeah. To figure out what they meant musically. Yeah, there's actually a heist show on Netflix now that I really wanted to watch. But it is a French show and it's dubbed. And it's like this really popular thing and people are really into it. And I was like, I'm not, I can't, I can't do it. I'm not watching it. It's like when you would get torrents back in the day and you didn't have the audio sync with the torrent. That, I never, it's horrible. It's a bad feeling. Like it's just disconcerting and it's bothersome and I do not like it. I agree. I agree. I, I'm with you on that. Although I feel like I, I do watch dubs with my kid and I love him for that. Uh, like Naruto is not anything deep. There's no like mistranslations. It's just fight hard, win big, you know, don't give up. It's all the same shit, you know? True. 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 I mean, like I said, with a cartoon, I think it's a little bit different. I think it, I think like with, with a TV show, with a movie, you're like, look, a person is doing everything with like the, from their body language to their voice to everything. Yeah. Uh, that, you know, it, it, it's like, a, um, it's a whole package that you don't get when it's just an American person sitting in a room being like, uh, thank you or <laughs> whatever it says. Right. Right. So, yeah. That that's been that that's been my thing. I'm I'm really stuck in the house. I'm just watching anything. I'm I'm watching anything I can find. I I really cannot stand. I'm I, I'm gonna run out of TV at this rate in less than a month. I, I, I look. I'm already watching Italian TV shows. You know what I mean? Well, there's plenty of those. I'm sure. <laughs> yeah, I'll go look through the Italian. Now I'm gonna go watch all the Italian prestige TV. Why not? What else is there to do? Uh, I play in uh, Yakuza Like a Dragon. As as the race was on, I was doing them side by side. And somebody – I just read somebody uh, said that they modeled the characters after the voice actors. So it makes sense because the game is like hella engrossing. It's like a movie. Uh, It's it's, it's incredible. I'm I'm only – I'm – close to half i think there's 15 chapters and i just started chapter seven uh so i'm close to halfway being done with it and uh there's been a big turn of events uh it's incredible game it's one of the best i've played 
I can't believe you're like playing the game. Able to? I got Hitman three, but uh, I haven't been able to play it because the I I'm my 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 console's in a room, like a a, a room with nothing else in it. it. The room I'm in now is basically yeah. where the console is, which is just a recording place, and uh, I don't want to lock myself in this room all day, so I never come upstairs, uh, especially today, like where I had this whole. I had this whole thing where I was like ready to just play. I could have played video games all day because I wasn't taking a walk or anything, but I would have felt totally crazy locked in this room all day. So I just laid around and watched TV in a bigger room. No, so. the video games make you not feel crazy. The video games let you bl- blur out everything else except for the video game. And then you feel like you're on an adventure. Yeah. You're in a different. I'm in Dubai killing some important political guys. Yeah, I got um Charlotte. I got Har- Charlotte hooked on Roblox this weekend. She's Jesus. Been, she, that game will fuck your computer up, my man. Uh, it's on the iPad. Uh, okay, Glenn fucked my first my my first laptop up with Roblox. Well, uh, she uh she's been watching the videos for like six months. And it really bugs me because she'll just watch them all day. And I'm like, dude, it's a game. You can play the game. Let's, do you want to play the game? And she's always like, no, no, I like to watch. I like to watch. And then I was like, uh, all right, here's what I'll do. We'll set up time this weekend. Um, I will hook up the PlayStation tro- controller to the iPad and I will play any Roblox games you want. And she was like, really? And I was like, yeah, really? So she like sat over my shoulder and we kind of did like a, a live stream in person where she watched me play. I fucking, there were some really fun games on there. The tag game, uh, had me screaming and yelling a lot. But basically <laughs> after, after I showed her through four or five games, she took it from me and was glued to it for like 14 hours <laughs> this weekend. It was real bad, but it was the first time she tried it. So I can, Im- I imagine that will wear off eventually. It always wears off. It always wears off. They, they, they get into something for, they're like me. Kids are a lot like me where they get into something for a little bit and they're like, oh, fuck that thing. I don't like that anymore. Yeah, I would say you're, you know, you're like a kid. Uh, we all, that's are, true really, though. Um, I mean, I would rather be in an adult. I mean, I don't know. Well, I mean, you got to be happy as a kid though, too. But being true. an adult is, uh, pretty boring. Very boring. I mean, being a kid right now is boring, too. Being anything is boring right now. pretty much what it is. I think when when things get back to normal in 2030, uh, uh, we'll we'll appreciate it a lot more. Oh, for sure. And uh, we'll go crazy and have so much fun, and we'll say life is good. Is, is I think what's going to happen. That brand, oh, I need to buy this that stock for the life is good brand. People are going to be eating that up. Yeah, yeah. Life I'm excited. Good franchise restaurants in every major city. I was thinking about how we're going to still probably use the words viral load, but for like a whole different reason after that, because it's funny that the word loads in it. Yeah, that's yeah, I guess. I love loads. I don't. Let's, uh, I don't think about them. <laughs> oh, really? No. Okay. Let's take some calls, I guess. All right. Let's see who's let's on. Let's hope this works. I'm opening my window for people who are wondering why I disappeared. It's hot in this room. To get rid of your viral load. Yeah. Knock the viral load down a little bit. Get the window open. Look right across the uh, way at my neighbor, who I'm hoping is J-O. Okay. All right. Uh, let's get him on the phone. 
Thanks for calling Street Fight. Who are we talking to tonight? You got Evan Harris from Superfest. Hey, how's it going? What's up, Evan? What's going on, guys? Thanks a lot for having me on. Not a problem. You're welcome. Uh, Soupfest, uh, we made some soups. We competed. Uh, when Was that 2019 that that happened? That was That's last 2020. year. Uh, last year yeah. at this exact same time. Uh, I know it feels a little bit longer. Okay. Sure. I was doing so much stuff. Wow. Went to wrestling, went to <laughs> corn, went to soup fest, hung out with Drew and it, Natalie. Ugh. Well, yeah, it was a it was a strong start to the year, that's for sure. I, I got twenty four hours of racing in though, so I guess that's that's similar. We were standing there in that go. building in that in that fucking club, just completely packed to the gills. And you know, honestly, Corona was probably there to tell you the truth. Most yeah. likely, I, more than likely, yeah. I uh, <laughs> it's uh, it was uh, it was definitely an amazing time. But looking back at it, yeah, uh, I assume that was right around the time that we were starting to get going with it. When we went to see wrestling, Wavy was making coronavirus jokes. <laughs> was like coronavirus, <laughs> and it was like probably were. Some people were getting it at that point. <laughs> we were probably sitting in an arena full of coronavirus at yeah. that time. Well, I, I was in Europe. Uh, I, right after Soupfest, I went to Europe. So I got back at the very beginning of March. And I get back and my boss is like, oh, hopefully you don't have the coronavirus. Ha, ha, ha. Because I was close enough to like Italy. And then it was like, well, <laughs> here we go, man. I, I didn't test uh, positive at all for it. But that's right when everything started to go to hell so uh, yeah I right assume it was right around that time maybe I, maybe i brought it back to columbus maybe i'm the originator oh at that time in march uh when the day before everything the nba closed down i had a serious panic attack because we were just standing in i i'll never forget we're standing in the elevator watching wrestling elevator bar uh, yeah brian we lost you Okay. Um, I don't know. <laughs> Brian is uh, here or not? I I don't know if he knows. Oh, it says my internet He's is unstable. Uh oh, Spaghettios. Let me shut this down. We got some. This is a. I'm gonna try to free up some bandwidth here. Well, I remember the last. The last thing I remember was um, uh, right before my the last day of school. Um, uh, my uh. I was on the playground and this woman was like, I heard in Italy that, uh, the, that there are triages outside of the hospitals. Do you think that's real? And I'm like, I don't know. I haven't looked into it yet. And then that was the last time I saw that woman. <laughs> yeah. I'm back. I mean, it, it, uh, it, all right. It spread like wildfire right as we were getting back to the state. So it was uh, definitely an interesting time. So, so what's the plans for soup fest now? So, um, I'll go into a little bit of the backstory of Superfest, and obviously you guys are familiar, but uh, we're trying to spread it out and uh, make sure that people are aware, especially in the Columbus region. Um, Superfest started, this will be our fourth annual Superfest. Uh, you guys read the third one, which was really the first uh, marketed and actual event where we had tickets for it. Uh, the event started out as a entire joke that was created by um, 
my buddy and co-owner, uh, Jake, as well as our late friend, Nick. Um, I had this stupid inside joke in myself where I thought, uh, like checking in on Facebook at a restaurant is the funniest shit in the entire world. So <laughs> I would check in and just like, order a suit, take a stupid picture and move on. It was my joke. It was intended for me uh-huh. and me only. Um, Jake and Nick jumped in on this dumb joke. They were dumb enough to figure it out. And, uh, they kept on saying, dude, we're going to throw you a suit fest. <laughs> Absolutely ridiculous. And then they did. So we had the first suit fest at Jake and Nick's house. Um, we expected about, like five to 10 people there, five suits. Uh-huh. We, I show up and it's the most ridiculous thing I've ever seen. There's, you know, 15 soups and 30 something people jam packed into a tiny house. Right. Um, it was really cool. We had a competition for it. You know, um, it was all, you know, laid back and, and funny and really cool to do. So after that, we decided, Hey, let's actually try to make this an event. Uh, so we, we waited extremely long to do that and never really uh, worked on any marketing. Our idea of marketing, I think, was creating a Facebook event. The Facebook event surpassed, like, 90 people that were going to be attending. So last minute, we jumped into, like, a banquet hall and just had uh, uh, a ton of people show up. There was probably 20, 25 soups, 90 or so people that showed up. And after that, uh, we decided that we were actually going to you know, market this and let's create an event that's beneficial to the community. It's a very dumb thing, but there's an opportunity and clearly people were into it. Okay. So we thought, and this is a good time of year for it too. Soup is like necessary to make it through. Yeah, exactly. And the winter. And there's a lull of you get done with new year's, you have Christmas, new year's, you've got a huge lull and nothing going on. Right. So it's an opportunity to get together with friends. We thought thematically and phonetically, Soup Fest, Soup Kitchen. Uh, we pair up with a food pantry or soup kitchen locally, one that uh, we respect and uh, that's particularly not a, you know, a, a church organization. Um, and we ended up partnering with NSI, Neighborhood Services Incorporated, mm-hmm. which is an insanely perfect organization that, uh, you know, we ended up pairing up with. We couldn't have been more happy to do it. Uh, I also have, you know, uh, some music background friends from college and whatnot. So I brought in bands, uh, both locally and spread out throughout the country. And, uh, we started selling tickets. So we ended up putting them online, uh, in tiers. We sold it overall for last year. We ended up selling out, uh, what was originally going to be a big room bar and brewery district okay. in a handful of hours. We four hours we sold out 250 tickets. Okay. And we went, holy shit, we have something here. Um, and then we were celebrating and, uh, woke up and found out that Nick passed away. Um, very unexpected. Hit us like a absolute brick. Uh, we were shocked. I was, you know, uh, it was insane. Uh, so Jake. Yeah, and hey, you guys knew Nick, great guy. Yeah, uh, one of the best. We awesome. miss him daily. Um, but we, Jake and I, were brainstorming on, you know, setting up a a GoFundMe to alleviate funeral costs for his family. 
Um, we eventually reached out to the family and they said, throw it at some kind of passion project. We'll take care of this. And I said, well, we have this soup fest thing. Um, we want to make this, you know, take strides and make this a large community event. Uh, we can, you know, start investing in this and we can give money to people that are in need. Uh, so that's what we did. Um, we ended up moving the event to Ace of Cups up north uh, due to capacity issues and we can sell some more tickets. So Ace caps out of, at about 450. We sold those other 200 tickets in a couple hours. Um, you guys were there. The event uh, went through some guys that have no idea what they're doing event-wise <laughs> and that don't particularly do this for a living. Uh, the event went pretty flawlessly. Yeah, it was great. It was, uh, it was a great day. We had, you know, as I said, it was jam-packed. We had fans from across the nation. We were able to donate a substantial amount of money over to NSI. Ace of Cups had their most successful day in history. Um, it was uh, it was a really cool thing, and obviously a testament to to Nick and how he brings people together, and you know the sense of community that there is here in Columbus. Um, but really cool event. Everything went great, um, and uh, we were able to honor him, so that was great. We start. Uh, you know, we, we get done with that, uh, decided to, uh, we'll start planning for the future event or next year's event, which is this year's event, um, in the future and give it a little bit and then all hell breaks loose with Corona stuff. Um, so what we're doing this year is obviously unique. Um, that's, we're adapting just like everybody else. Uh, we've partnered with NSI once again, um, for, uh, uh, obviously a plethora of reasons. Um, but we are doing soup boxes, which are all the traditional merch that you would be able to get at Soup Fest at the actual event. T-shirts, uh, posters, smart work, uh, necklace, blah, 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 all these cool little trinkets, uh, some recipes. Uh, we also are doing soup week here in Columbus. So we are, we're, the whole idea for this year was uh, to kind of go over uh, the, our sense of community with the restaurants and soup. So we set up, we got with over 50 restaurants here locally that are participating in a soup week. Same, same general ideas like a burger week or restaurant week where our only ask was to have a soup on your menu. That's it. Um, uh-huh. Have some, you know, signage and whatnot that explains our story and why we're doing this. We're just trying to drive people to these local businesses to keep them afloat because obviously they're getting their asses kicked right now too. Yep. Um, either in, in, uh, in person dining or carry out. So there's 50 plus restaurants here in Columbus that are participating. Okay. Um, which is really cool. And frankly, I didn't expect us to have that many. Um, so we're excited about that. And finally, the third part of this is, uh, we're doing artist streams. This Thursday through Saturday. Okay. We have a pretty stacked lineup, um, all around and just a, kind of an all around lineup that we have. It's, let me make sure I'm not going to screw up any names here. We've got Barty Strange, who just was on uh, late night with Seth Myers. Uh, he's coming at us from DC. Cool. Christian Lee Hudson, who's coming from LA. Uh, he's, he had one of my favorite albums of last year. Um, we've got a DJ from Kansas City, DJ Boats. Uh, who's one of our very good friends, Govner, who's a DJ here locally in Columbus. 
Infinity Cross from North Carolina, one of my old friends from college who does phenomenal work, phenomenal work. Mucus, who's basically out of Columbus as well. She's in St. Seneca and Sidekicks and a bunch of other local bands. She's great. Uh, and finally, we've got three more runner out of LA, uh, who does some really cool folk, bulky stuff. Skull Crusher, who also does a bunch of skull, uh, a bunch of folky hand stuff as well. And Whitmer Thomas, who's a comedian out of LA who, uh, does music as well. He had a really cool HBO special that came out last year. That was probably my favorite thing that we watched or that I watched last year. Great. There's a lot going on, a lot yeah. of different parts. Uh, is this it's week an exciting event or this Thursday um, through Saturday? Yeah, this week. Uh, Thursday through Saturday for the event or for the live streams. And this week is soup week. So any day this week, uh, here locally in Columbus. All right. And just go to soup-fest.com. Yep. Uh, there's all the information on there. Um, you can, there's also links to our, uh, like soup boxes as well as, uh, our Teespring account and all that good stuff. You can learn a little bit more about our cause and uh, why we're doing it. Well, and, I think uh, we, I think we got a lot of information, uh, definitely, and, uh, yeah. you know, something to do. Uh, I am very into musical live streams. I try to show up to one once a week. Um, they're kind of like racing to me in that I imagine all the other people watching at the same time, and I, like, try to soak up that collective energy <laughs> and just imagine that I'm a part of the whole again. Uh, that's so uh, – they're yeah. a very good uh, – response to the isolation uh that we're in right now absolutely well yeah guys thanks a lot for having me i know it's a lot of information uh, i won't pick up too much of your time all right but thanks you guys have obviously been there since since last year and uh, uh i appreciate you guys having me on yeah absolutely I'm, I'm gonna i'll definitely check the hashtag i'll be on there i'm i'm on a um uh thanks for calling in i'm on a uh what's it called uh i'm on a takeout strike right now so basically, I have this mechanism in place is that if we order takeout two days in a row, we can't have it for 10 days after that because um, mm. it just breeds laziness and waste produce and it doesn't work. It just is an awful way to be for me. Uh, so hey. mine ends on Friday. So I'll get some soup on Friday. Am I back, Brett? You're back. Yeah. Like a spine. All right. Yeah. Yeah, you're on a takeout strike. I don't know. I don't have the uh, 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 wherewithal to do it. I'm on a uh, app strike. Not using the apps anymore. Okay. To get delivery and shit. Yeah, just taking out from now on. Takeout is the way to do it. Yeah, fuck just, those apps with their wet food. You just I fucking I ended it this week. We had Melt, which is a grilled cheese bullshit. place, and all my food showed up and it was soaking wet. Yeah, I was gonna say that is the worst. That is so bad to have delivered. Those they have like these they have these way too big half pound sandwiches that are just greasy, buttery, off the grill, covered in paper, inside of styrofoam, I bet sweaty as fuck. Soaking yeah. fucking wet. French fries just might as well. They might as well run them under the sink. Those <laughs> French fries. Yeah. They cooked them with hot water. They boiled the French fries. I say order takeout, drive to the place, bring a beer with you, drink the beer while you're parked, get rid of the can before you leave, and then your food will be ready. 
and you saved money. Yeah. And now you're happy. They usually tell you the time. They tell you the exact time the food's going to be ready, so you can just stand yeah. outside. That's and a wait That's too. lots of approximation going on. It is way faster and better though. Like the chicken, I get uh, cauliflower wings, and I refuse. Like you have to eat them as quickly as possible, and I refuse to wait on DoorDash's ass to sit around to pick up four other deliveries and drive around town before I get some soggy ass wings to me. That is exactly it. That that's the other thing is like I if, if I do Uber Eats I can get priority and I'll do that. Like some I I was doing that for a period, but uh I don't even do that anymore. I'm just like I it, you know what if I want it I can go get it. I'll leave the fucking house to get my food if I want it. You know? I just hate going to the place and standing in there. I don't know how I'm going to get on the other side of that, you know? Yeah, I mean, I think it's it's a way to to change things up. I mean, it's one it's kind of like you regret it until you get out and then you go and see how weird the fucking world is and how goofy the people that work at the place are. That's what I get yeah. out of it. It's like it's still a little taste of uh, you know, uh, of the world outside. Yeah. Yeah. Uh let's get this next call in. Yeah, we're who who calling. we got? Who do we got? Who do we got? Thanks for calling Street Fight. Who are we talking to? Hey guys, it's Labor Lifts. Hey Labor Lifts, how you doing tonight? Not so bad. I uh, don't want to take up too much time away from the other callers. So uh, I was just calling in because I'm celebrating getting my personal trainer certification. Wow, congratulations. That's awesome. Yeah, congrats, Labor Lifts. That's great. Yeah, thanks so much. I'm... uh Trying to celebrate as much as I can in uh, quarantine at home alone. <laughs> yeah, uh, well, that's that's that works out the brain muscle. That's a, you have to be more creative in that situation, I guess. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I mean, just you know, getting getting trashed alone is kind of the way to do it. You know, you just sit down, you find yourself a good movie or TV show, and you just. Start it stone. Start the process. Yeah. If for you, if you don't like to get stoned or anything, maybe sit down, watch a movie, and lift some weights. You know? Just grab a barbell and just get it up and down, you know? That's what I would do. Not. Hell yeah. I, I wouldn't do that, actually. <laughs> but you know. But congratulations, man. I hope, I, I hope you get some, I hope you get some good clients. Yeah. Thanks a bunch. Uh, I'm on Twitter at labor lifts. If any, uh, street fighters want to get at me, but, uh, I'll let you guys go. I'm going to get stoned and play some video games. Oh, okay. I thanks. Didn't, yeah. You didn't mention Have what you night. do. I didn't know. If you also did. lift some weights and play some video games, you know, just uh, get a barbell going too. I hear it gets you more stone. Yeah, I would do. Uh, I'll give it a shot. Some extra. I always like. Sometimes I get like I get like uh, as high as I want to be, but I always forget to go extra. You know, where it's like I really got to push it over the edge. I'm too in control. You know. Yeah, 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I, I don't like to get super duper ripped or I'll have a total panic attack. But, uh, uh, yeah, I, I get, I know you like to just feel like you're having a panic attack. You don't <laughs> yeah, mind. I don't mind it at all. You don't <laughs> mind having a panic attack. It's comfortable. Uh, all right. Nope. Next call. <laughs> Thanks for calling Street Fight. Who are we talking to? Hey, uh, this is Michael from Tokyo. How's it going? Hey, how's it going? It's been a while. Hey, um, so I'm glad. Pardon? It's been a while. You you were telling us all about the last time we talked to you. I think you were telling me the schools are going to shut down, and I was like, "No way! The schools aren't going to shut down." Oh yeah, you remember that? Yeah, that was me. Um, so I'm back. Uh, I'm actually glad that uh, that Brian figured out his stuff because I have a question for him uh, about walking. Uh, okay. so I've been getting into, I've been getting into, uh, what I think are Brian, Brian level walks, uh, Ooh. for a while now. Um, and, uh, but because I had a job that was not podcasting, it was like weekends only. So, uh, now though I am unemployed and, uh, I'm walking more often and I'm trying to go, um, like, you know, five plus hour walks a few times a week. And, uh, I was just, so I know that after about 20,000 steps or so, I really start to feel it in my knees. I was wondering if that's ever happened to you. And then also if you have any other, any other tips just as an, as an experienced walker. Shoes. I mean, there was a period of time where my legs would get all fucked up and like, you know what it would be for me is everything under my knees would just feel like it's made out of wood. And it would just hurt so fucking bad. But uh, once I found like good shoes, I was able to and, and like insoles. If you if you have shoes and you need insoles, because once you start hitting those high numbers, you're going to walk through any kind of like people will be like, get new balance. You're going to walk through new balance shoes in a really short amount of time. I did it in like mm-hmm. cool. I did it in a month and a half. I walked through a pair of New Balance. Okay. So you got to get some like trail runners with really good insoles and just your knees. It'll hurt less. And also it's just one of those things where like the more you do it, the less you hurt. I can't even feel pain in my legs anymore. Like I can walk an unlimited amount without feeling pain in my legs. My back starts to hurt a little bit. And I think that's just from standing up all day. Mm-hmm. Um, did you ever go and, like cats. get shoes? <laughs> did you ever go and get shoes like fitted at a store? Like I feel like that might be the logical next step. No, for me, I go to uh, uh, REI and I just buy a pair of uh, trail runners because they have thick soles. Like I had to find something with thick, hard rubber soles on them that don't wear as fast as like foam soles and stuff. I think it's closer to a hiking shoe than a trail runner. I think they're called trail runners though. Oh really? Yeah. I'm pretty sure that's what the shoes I buy are called. They're called trail trail runners and they might not be trail runners. You might be right. It might be a hiking shoe or it's like some kind of like mid place in between there. And, but the bottoms, like I'm always looking for hard rubber on the bottom. So I don't walk through them. And, uh, uh, those seem to make me not hurt anymore. But again, it's like, 
you know, if you're getting like 25,000 steps, like on the regular now, then like, I'm sure you don't feel anything when you get 10, you know what I mean? Where you're just like, ah, you know, yeah, that was just yeah, like, no, a, definitely. A, so once you start getting 35, 40, 45, 50,000 at a time, which that's like, I get during the summer, I average 40 to 45,000 a week, a day, a week. Mm-hmm. And like, uh, uh, I don't feel anything until I get up around 55, 60. Like, that's when I start to be like, oh, fuck, you know, I'm a little bit sore. That also takes nine hours. So I would never expect anybody to right. do that. It takes maybe more than nine no, hours. No, I mean, I actually, so I was doing that before it got cold. Like, that's what I was doing. Granted, I wasn't doing it daily. It was just like, you know, Saturday, Sunday. But that's what I was doing sort of through November, maybe not 60, but like 50. And, uh, and then I sort of had a lull for the winter and I do, it, I mean, I feel, I don't know whether this is just placebo because everyone says that your joints hurt, hurt more in the winter, but I feel like I feel it more now a little bit. Uh, so now Me I'm too. sort of capping it like, I don't know, 35 or so. Uh, I'm, I'm, at, I, I'm at less than that. I'm just like, fuck it. Uh, I get so depressed during the winter because the, uh, uh, sun doesn't come out very much here or any of that stuff. So like, I just, I like take my, my 17,000 step walk every day until it's like 50 outside. Once it's like 50 degrees, I'll start to do the big ones again. But like, I don't do shit during the winter. I hate how sore I get in the winter. And I hate how like, uh, I hate how sore I get in the winter and I hate just how it feels. It feels like a struggle the whole fucking time it feels like a struggle when you're outside when it's 20 degrees out yeah no definitely um yeah i just i i like i'm trying to do i guess yeah once it gets a little warmer i'm trying to do like um i don't know different like landmark walks just to give myself sort of a feeling of accomplishment i I, the coolest one that i did this was pretty much exactly a marathon it was just under 26 miles it's the yamanote line is this like circular loop line around central tokyo like i walked the entire length of that like the whole loop and it was super cool just get to see like all sorts of different neighborhoods and get a real feel for the for the city and a nice little feeling of accomplishment so it's incredible trying to trying to vary it up but i tried yeah, to do thank that you. i we appreciate were gonna it. Do i'm that. gonna go look for some trail runners we were gonna do that in new york in april we we're gonna walk all the way around manhattan but uh, uh, it was like a 32-mile walk, but it got canceled, and it was like, God damn it. That was going to be my day where it was like I wasn't expected to do anything but walk. I was get up, walk, and right. then go to bed. <laughs> I was so excited yeah. about it. But, uh, yeah, I, I do yeah, walk basically the day. whole – I do walk basically the whole length of Columbus, Ohio, like the whole downtown area. Like I go – from I go from the suburbs to the suburbs, the suburbs on one side to the suburbs on the other side, and then home during the summer. And it's it's nice. great, man. You see so many people are wild out there, and and especially when you walk around downtown and stuff. I mean, even now during the winter, people are wild. I'm getting yelled at every day by people. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I love it. It's definitely. Uh... I feel like even more so than, you know, my friends who do more traditional exercise outside, I feel like I'm connecting with the world more, if that makes sense. Like, 
you know, rather than just going to the same park and doing these things, like I, I even though I'm not still not talking to anyone or like doing anything, uh-huh. uh, just by myself, it still it still feels like I'm more in touch with the outside world. You will get dragged into people's world though, like as, as if you do it every like I do it every day during the summer, and I get dragged into people's shit all the time. And you know, I actively try to be like, don't talk to me, don't look at me. I'm going to put a look on my face so as to not have you even feel comfortable looking at me. And I still get people that are like, (laughs) I'm going to walk down the street with this guy. And then they just walk down the street and talk to me as I go down the street and shit. It's just, it's fucking crazy. (laughs) Yeah. That, uh, I don't know. I can't, can't imagine that happening in Tokyo. People are, definitely like to teach themselves especially if you have you know headphones and a mask on so maybe maybe a little bit lucky in that regard but yeah yeah that's probably true. Um, that, that's actually true people people just like to bug me uh, uh as it gets warmer and warmer and warmer out people people start that there's more people outside and then they they want you to you know a lot of it's wanting money or or like wanting you to go in and buy them something which i'll i'll generally go in and buy something for somebody if they ask me but mm-hmm. uh, um i don't keep any money on me so it's it's just like i don't have yeah. any and then i get yelled at and called a fucker or something like that it's very wonderful i i actually like it i i, I like being involved in so many people's days seems exciting oh it's wonderful nice, nice. well thanks for calling um uh, so uh, i'm yeah, no problem. Can I just get a quick uh, plug before I uh, before I hang up? Yeah, absolutely. So this is maybe a little bit different than normal Street Fight plugs, but um, if anyone wants to see photos of ramen all around Tokyo and Japan when it's not COVID, uh, follow me on Instagram at the Noodle Slurp, all one word, the Noodle Slurp. Um, and like, I'm a huge ramen head uh, i used to do ramen like be a ramen tour guide in osaka and now it's still like my main hobby i eat about you know 200 bowls a year so you can just see photos and read some of the text learn some something about ramen in japan that's amazing that's really cool um i i'm gonna follow right now uh, i love that i love that shit too uh there were some really good places in dallas surprisingly uh, there was one place that they made the noodles in the front window so you could watch them, like, stretch them out and everything and boil them or whatever the hell they were doing. Awesome. It was good. Nice. Yeah, well, thanks for uh, talking to me. Appreciate it. Have a good one, Noodle Slurp. Yeah. Bye-bye. You know what? Talking about things, this is, like, I guess a Corona catch-up episode. <laughs> uh, the other thing is I got this werewolf tattoo on my knee, and it was huge, and it took, like, four hours to get the outline done. And uh, this is just rings in my head forever. Dave Davenport dog spunk on uh, Instagram. He, um, he looks at me and he goes, I'm like, do you think we can do the color today? And he goes, ah, what? Are you never going to come back to LA or something? <laughs> just, <laughs> he was like, you're going to be back here in like six months with the trillbillies. Just get it filled yeah. in. I was like, you're right, buddy. Yeah, we're coming back. We're gonna be in LA someday. In yeah, five years eventually. Yes. Yeah, it'll happen. I'm getting my face tattooed at that point. It's YOLO time now. I'm just gonna come home with one. My wife is gonna have to deal with it. <laughs>
I'm a teenager. Yeah. I'm just a teenage dirtbag wifey. All right, next oh, one. Jeez. What? Weedus. Forever. It's a Weedus song. There's a dad rock playlist that has Weedus on it now. Hey, guess who I am? A dad. Yeah, yeah. Unfortunately. Likes rock. Unfortunately. All right, thanks for calling Street Fight. Who are we talking to tonight? Hey, what's up? Uh, I'm going to stay mysterious because I got like a kind of incriminating story to tell. Okay, don't use your pickup artistry on us. <laughs> no, it's a, it's a how to get a vaccine hack. Oh, the good kind of mysterious. Okay, this is the kind of stuff <laughs> yeah, I like yeah. to hear. But now you're trying to do the pickup artist thing again. Yeah, well, this, so this worked for me, and I think it could work for a lot of people. Um, essentially, like, all of the first tier or second tier of the vaccine acceptance has uh, critical infrastructure workers in it. And, like, critical infrastructure workers is a super broad category. Okay. But um, one thing that every place in the country has is, like, state or city-run construction. And whenever there's, like, state or city-run construction, there's always um, uh, private contractors that get hired to do, like, soil sampling or water monitoring. Okay. Because you have to be, like, within, like, these environmental standards when you're doing it. And so all of those companies are, like, small LLCs that are hired by bigger construction companies to come do monitoring. And uh, so essentially what I did, since, since the pandemic started because everything had to be, you know, you had to be accepted to go to these places. You got a letter from a construction company that says your part that says like, please allow, you know, person X to be on this job site. They do monitoring for this, this construction. Okay. And uh, all it is like, that's like all the, the body of the letter is. And then it just has a company's letterhead up top. And then like the CEO or a foreman signature at the bottom. And so I essentially just found one and just changed it to my name and then went to a hospital that was giving vaccinations and was like, yeah, uh, yeah, I do water monitoring. And yes! like, they looked at it for two seconds and it just sent me through. This I mean, like it, they did the thing at, at the hospital is they like, they just want to get you the vaccination. Like they didn't care. Yeah. So it was like, I printed out on a normal printer, like, you know, nine by 11. I'm like not tech savvy at all. Uh, like very easy. The, the only reason I knew about it is because I have, someone close to me that is like a legitimate, like they do water monitoring and they got their vaccine. And I asked them how it happened. And they're like, it was actually really simple. I just showed this letter and I was like, Oh shit, that's it. And uh, yeah, it worked. So, I mean, it's worth a try. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I'm trying to get on any list I can get on. I, 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 I search all day, every day. I'm like a hacker trying to find back doors and stuff like that. Like, come on, man. Let's get me on a list. Well, and this, this isn't all a back door. This is like, yeah, this was like, well, that's the problem. I mean, if they're all full, no one's getting in, no one's getting in. But I mean, this is like a front door shit. Like, you know, it was just like working within the confines of how they're rolling it out and being like, yes, I'm a part of that group. Yep. And then like, the, you know, the nurses and the doctors, like they're not like document readers. This is like they, they're, you know, they do medicine shit. <laughs> like they, they don't, they're like, yeah, this is a piece of paper. It says his name on it. Who the fuck cares? This Get is him a, in there. This is exactly like, um, this is exactly like mystery shopping in that 
If you go to Mystery Shop and you say it was the best service I've ever had, they're not going to try to prove you wrong. If you show up to the vaccination with the piece of paper and all they need is the piece of paper to give it to you, they're done. They don't, they're, that's enough for them. Yeah. They, they're but doing okay. their job. They're doing yep. a ton of shit all day long. They don't, they're not going to investigate anybody. No. Well, because also it's like the morally correct thing. Like they're like any person that gets the vaccination is better for every other person out there. So, like, why would I try to shut down someone from getting it? It doesn't make any sense. Right. I mean, unless they're just, like, a complete fucking psychopath. But, well, yeah, they weren't like that when I was there. They were, they shoot me right along. Well, Damn, I love it. So, uh, yeah, that's my story. All right. Yeah, that's I'm a really good advice. Yeah. I mean, I think that that's, de- that's enough information that I could, I don't have any excuse now. I could definitely pull it off. Because I get what you're saying. Yeah, I think a lot of people could pull it off. It, it was pretty simple. I mean, the, when I, it was, I was just like firsthand witness to someone getting it. And I was like, that's all you had to do was show that piece of paper. And they're like, yeah, that's it. And I was like, okay, I'm going. Cause if I didn't get it then it was like, I don't know, wait until fucking August, maybe next year. You know, I'm, I'm definitely not in the category that's getting it, but I also like work in fucking grocery stores and restaurants and shit. So I wanted it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, people who work in grocery stores and restaurants should, be the ones that are getting it. Be people that are getting it anyway. Fucking t- uh, yeah. uh Yeah. Yeah. I mean, anybody that works in a restaurant or a grocery store should be on the essential, on the essential employees list. And it's crazy that they're not. Absolutely. Yeah. And they're not ever going to be. It's not going to happen. No. no they were essential society. employees when it meant that they could keep the grocery store open, but they're not essential employees when it comes to getting... I mean, cops are getting it before that. You know? Yeah. I fucking politicians are getting it. I mean, that's the... Like, if anyone can do their job from home, it's fucking Congress people. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. They're getting it because they want it. It doesn't have anything to do with them showing people. I mean, you can't goddamn get it, you know? It's like you, you can't get your hands on the fucking thing. It's not like fucking Kamala Harris getting it means anything. Yeah. No, yeah, it sucks. It's just another part of our whole like broken fucking world. But, you know, yeah. if you can, you know, lie, cheat, or steal your way to something, like, worth it. So, hell yeah. Hell yeah. I appreciate give it. A shot. it. Thank you. Uh, yeah, I like it. Thanks for the tip, Mysterious. Cool. Yeah. Uh, yeah, thanks for having me on. Uh, I'll call again sometime. Yeah, peace. Take care, Have guys. a good night. I love that. That's that's great. Uh, the people in the chat that are confused, basically, you you base you call and say, "I need to make an appointment for the vaccination." They say, "Okay, what are your credentials?" You say, "I'm a central employee." They say, "What's your proof?" You say, "I have this piece of paper that says I do water samples or whatever it is," uh, and that gets you in the door. And then you follow up with your second sh- shot, however many weeks later. The piece of paper is just the comfort, the certification they need to say that you were in the right order. I love it. Yeah. I'm thinking about, I'm yeah. contemplating it now. I'm going to talk to my wife and see what she says. <sighs> She's going to tell you not to do it. I you're going to go to prison for it. And you got to get two shots. That's the problem with it is the two shots. What's the, why is that a problem? Because that's two times they got to let you through and look at your work. No, that would only be one. The first time is all they need it. If they, very- they don't need it the second time, they're not going to ask for it the second time. I mean, the only way you would get the second, the only way you would get the second 
appointment would be if you had the first appointment. And the only way you would get the first appointment is because you showed the paper. Very true. Very true. Okay. I'm, I'll, I'll let you have it. <laughs> Thank you. I would be nervous. Uh, thanks for calling Street Fight. Who are we talking tonight? Of course you'd be nervous. Hey, hey what's up, Street Fight? It, it's Jonathan in L.A., formerly of uh, Dayton, Ohio. Oh, What's up, Jonathan? Wonderful. How's it going tonight? I'm calling to brag. Good. Um, so I, I, I know you're interested in coming back to, coming back to LA, but, uh, it's not a good situation out here right now. This That's is the true. worst place in the world for COVID. Yes. Yeah. I also and, saw the, uh, anti-vaxxers blocking, uh, Dodger stadium, yeah. the, the, the vaccine efforts. They're, they're like now protesting and blocking it. <laughs> well, Yes, your your previous caller indicated that only a psychopath would prevent someone from getting the vaccine, and that is exactly what is happening. Yeah, yeah, they 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 were successful for like a half hour or so, right, or an hour. Yeah, it feels like we I, could I, fuck I don't know them the details though. exactly, but uh, coming coming soon to a, a vaccination site near you. Are your uh, tattoo parlors open there still? You know, I don't know the answer to that question. Um, there's, they're, they're open for dining, outdoor dining, and everything. Oh, I, which is incredibly foolish. That I saw, and I saw a horrible video. We have, yeah. Go ahead. Sorry. That's 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 why we have we have so many uh, so many deaths out here, and in addition, a lot of uh, a lot of uh, excess deaths. Not directly of coronavirus virus, but of uh, uh, secondary secondary effects. Right. What'd you see, Brett, uh, 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 in relation to outdoor dining? Because now I'm curious. Oh, somebody took like a uh, somebody took like a vertical video of them walking down the street, and the both sides of the street were just packed full of tables with people just whining and dining and having the best time. <laughs> <laughs> okay that that sounds like it was like here in the uh summertime yeah you know yeah uh uh yeah that sucks man you would you would really think that you would really think that in a place like that where the the politics are generally a little bit more progressive and like they've had these like really heavy lockdown rules that they that they would be smart about it. And, uh, it's a bummer. It is actually a bummer that, that people are still just like, I got to go out to eat. And it's because people don't think it applies to them in a way where it's just like, I don't want to, I, I'm not going to get it if I just go out to eat once, you know, or, and then you go out to eat once. You don't get it. You're like, ah, I won't get it. That's why I don't break the fucking rules. This is why I don't break the rules because I know the first time I break the rules and nothing happens. Yeah. I'll fucking do it again and I'll keep doing it until something happens because that is the kind of person I am. That is exactly every example in my life has led me to believe that I should not break these rules. I agree. I agree. I feel the same. <laughs> yeah. I'm just, I'm, I'm fucking, I, I'm, I have no self control. And like the only self control I have is if I can abstain 
from something. If I totally 100% abstain, then I, I, I forget what it's like to eat at a fucking restaurant. You know what I mean? I forget what it's like to hang out at the bar. So I, I don't feel like I miss it, but I absolutely miss it. I am now having dreams. I fucking bre- I had a dream the other night that I was working at the cable company and I'm 90% sure that this time it wasn't a nightmare. It was just me dreaming of a time when I had the freedom to do whatever I wanted to do. <laughs> you know? Just reaching back to any memory at all. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like loading my work truck and it's just like, I'm just reaching back to a time when I didn't have to put, a, I, I didn't have to make sure I had a mask on my way out. It wasn't like a nightmare. I was like happy to be in this dream, you know? And, uh, I don't think I was happy for two minutes when I was working at the cable company. So it, it was a false dream, but like, I think now my dreams are just going to like not, not necessarily showing up at places and not having a mask on, but even just going back to doing, doing things, just, just times in my life where I was able to do stuff. Yeah. It's time to be Heat O'Brien when this is over. It is. I'm going to hedonism too. As soon as this is over, I'm going to go fucking crazy. Crazy. The prude <laughs> side though, not the, not the rude side. Or nude. It's not rude. So, it's so, nude. So the reason I'm calling. The, the the reason I'm calling is I was listening to the show. I think it was last week, and I heard some people expressing some concerns about the the nature of the vaccine. Ah, uh, yeah. I mean, I and think I think, I, can, I think it's natural. No. Go ahead. I I think it's natural for some people well, to could, have some concerns, but. I don't have any. <laughs> I don't think it's concerns about the vaccine. It's the fact that, like, I don't trust this government. I don't trust any of the people in charge. I don't trust any authority. But sure, now I'm just supposed to be, like, not ha- ask any questions about what they're doing here. They poison the fuck out of us. They they test on people. They're not exactly, like, guilt-free. It's the same reason it's, like, no, the, no, the, the I, reason I, I think the Earth is flat is because the only people telling me that it's not is the government. And I don't trust them. <laughs> No, but there, there are going to be a lot of people over the, over the next months who are going to be talking about the short development cycle for this vaccine, the fact that it contains viral DNA, the fact that it contains nanoparticles, and all of these things are true, but there are very good reasons why also, you know, it, it kind of has to be like that. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. I mean, I'm not that worried about, but, uh, I really am. I, I have decided that I don't know any of what I put in my body. I put a certain amount of trust in kind of, uh, uh, everything I put in my body that I will just put into the vaccine too. I'm willing to push that trust into the vaccine the same way I am, like my SSRIs, whatever food I'm eating, any of that stuff. It's like, fuck it. I trust that stuff. I might as well trust this. Who cares? Yeah, no, no. Do, do, do you know? Do you know the story of this particular vaccine? No, I didn't read that book. Have 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 you ever, have, have you ever seen the Have you ever seen the movie? I think I think it's called Outbreak. It has Lawrence Fishburne in it. Yeah, yeah, that's classic. Yeah, what, what's what's one of the first things they do in the movie when they know there's the virus going around? Try to get that monkey. 
they, that they, what they do? They, they, they sequenced its genome. Yeah, they, they, they obtained samples of it and they sequenced its genome. And so there was a Chinese scientist working in Wuhan who, when it became apparent there was a new disease going around, a new respiratory disease, he got samples of it and he sequenced the genome, which only takes a very short interval of time these days, and then he broadcast it to everyone in the world. And at the same time, all of these biotech companies, they have this new model for a vaccine that includes uh, polyethylene glycol nanoparticles. All they need is the right sequences of RNA to plug into it, and you have a fully realized vaccine. And That's so the sweet. fact that there was a very short development cycle is because everyone was ready to go with their shit when it when it hit. So it's like a, it's like a gun, and then they gave it bullet. The information was the bullets in the gun. <laughs> right. They 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 just extract that little chunk of viral RNA that they want to inoculate you with. They put it into their vaccine. They do some clinical trials, and now it's uh, now it's out there. Nice. Okay. I mean, I I had no idea uh, uh, that that it was all foretold in the movie. But uh, you know, hey, <laughs> I trust it. I did. You're not going to get me. I I will not badmouth this vaccine. I think it's fantastic. This vaccine. No, no. But you're actually probably going to see the sequence of events repeat itself because the rate of pandemic is likely to increase unless human beings start doing something uh, about their about their environmental stewardship. Mm, yeah, that's not going to happen. Um, yeah, we're just going to have to hope that these vaccines can be developed faster. Bigger guns? Is there bigger vaccines we can get? <laughs> Broad- I hope we could just spray people with vaccine all the time from now on. I want like a shotgun blast vaccine that's like getting stabbed with a marker. Yeah. <laughs> well, uh, right. You, you just roll up and there's a technician there and they say, what do you want to be vaccinated for? And then they, they dial it in and then they just hit you with it. Or like, remember those pens where you could choose the different color of ink you pull down on the back and you just green, red, blue? You could just lower them all down. Yeah. It well, might be that simple. Yeah. Eventually it will be. Eventually it'll just be a piece of candy. It'll be those gummy vitamins. I want it to be like those gummy vitamins. It's hard not to eat the whole, whole, uh, container of gummy vitamins. That's the type of research I want to see. Yeah, so I, I I do I do encourage everyone to to get their vaccine. You don't want to be like the last generation that had polio, right? Yeah, you you don't want wow. to have incurred any long term uh, respiratory damage just because you were you were two months too early to get the vaccine. Yeah. So what do you think? Uh, should I should I take my kid out of school? They're they're supposed to go back this week. They're going back to school? Yeah, yeah, I know. It sounds insane, doesn't it? <laughs> oh, um... All right. I, you told, I, heard, I, I heard the I, answer. I, I think that's unwise. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I think that's unwise. I am, not, uh, I am not a virologist or an epidemiologist or have any influence in the Columbus School District. They suck. I, 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 mean, I, I am both of those. And uh, I have to say... 
it's probably not a good idea to send her back, but you know what? Everybody else is doing it, you know? That's what I say. Yeah, I know, but I just kind of, it's one of those things, like, we're so close to the end. Like, I think that, like, no matter what, if nobody's vaccinated by the fall, I'll send her back and just deal with it, you know? Uh, but I don't know. I cannot fathom why they're doing this right now it's so bonkers except for that joe biden they're a super liberal ass school and joe biden said i want those kids back in school for some reason that was like i don't know why that became part of the campaign to make people feel like we were back again um but yeah i'm gonna do digital academy it's been way on believing in science or something what's that some, something about believing in science, but not actually acting on that uh not actually acting on it i suppose exactly well, thanks for calling mm-hmm. in. I appreciate it. Uh, we are, for anybody that maybe heard the me- mixed messaging, we were not saying to distrust the, the, the vaccine. No, don't distrust the vaccine. Trust it implicitly. Just only trust the vaccine. Yeah, no, it's good for you. It's yeah. good for you. Although, they although even put I little vitamins in. Just extra allergy. little vitamins. They 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 have they have recently identified uh, different kinds of allergic interactions. So that if you are someone who has bad allergies, I would recommend that you inform your doctor. Hopefully, so that if you do end up getting the vaccine, (laughs) you can maybe hang out in the doctor's office for like half an hour in case uh, in case you get an exceptional reaction to it. Yeah, most of. But that is that is strictly that is strictly non medical advice. My Just friend, to talk uh, to your doctor about my, it. my friend went and got it up at the fairgrounds and they had you, everybody driving through the fairgrounds. No one got out of their car. And then they, they wanted you to Oof. sit around for a half hour afterwards in case you felt woozy. And there was people that were just yeah, like that's a good idea. ripping their mask off, throwing it out the window <laughs> like a cigarette button, just driving right onto the freeway oh, immediately oh, oh, oh. after getting the vaccine. <laughs> so I'm talking about that's what I would do too. No, yeah. Now, now you know what it's like out here. <laughs> That's the B man for you, baby. I get that second shot. I'm fucking going off. <laughs> yeah. Well, thanks for calling and appreciate it. <laughs> All right. You won't be able to stop. I'll me. talk to you guys later. Thanks. Good night. You won't be able to stop me from going fucking crazy, crazy. Yeah. I mean, I'm going. There's there were so many nights that. I sat on my phone from like 10 p.m. to 2 a.m. and I could have went went and saw a show for five dollars, and I didn't. And that's something I'm never going to do ever again. Yeah, yeah, I I agree. I'm not going to do that. Like, I don't want to go out. I'm just going to lay around and look at my phone all night because now I haven't been out for a year, and I feel like you know we again. got this is kind of a cure. People were talking about technology takeover and stuff. This is kind of a monkey's paw. Of screens where you're like, all right, this phone is killing me. This phone is reprogramming my brain to kill itself. You know? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, all right. Next call. Thanks for calling Street Fight. Who are we talking to tonight? I believe you're talking to me. You would know. Yep. Nathan. What's up, Nathan? Yeah, okay. Cool. I heard that's okay. I'm from Madison. Um, longtime listener. Um, kind of a lurker. Um, just stopping in because I haven't ever called in before. I do want to plug something at the end of this. I'm going to be short, but um, just inspired uh, to call in by the fact that you always talk about shitty jobs. And um, my shitty job that I picked up during this pandemic is working for a 
answering service for a stupid customer service uh, for a refrigerator company, an uh, expensive refrigerator company that uh, basically, long story short, the, the rich people call in and say, why is this proprietary product that I spent $13,000 on breaking down all the time? I'm having to replace the parts all the time and uh, spending like $260. And like, why is there uh why is my uh, freezer out, but my refrigerator compartment isn't? Oh, that's because there's a compressor and condenser for each right. <laughs> compartment. <laughs> and I just feel like I'm wasting my time and just like, I don't know, um, basically calling and say, I appreciate your show because um, I'm really not in any organizations right now. I mean, I'm paying dues to DSA locally. But I don't really have a whole lot going on organizationally, so it's good to have like something that I can hear people chatting about the goings on without having to like bother my my like you know my fiance or like my family about that because they're not always like looking to talk about politics either. So it's kind of like a weird thing where it's like I have to wait until they're ready. <laughs> sure. But if I if I don't do that, then I can just come here and just chat with people. So that's good. Yeah. Thanks. But yeah. yeah. I just, I, I hate this job and like it's the it's probably better than anything I've ever had because I can work from home compared to like fast food or food service what I was doing before. Yeah. I'm currently in school finishing up my bachelor's degree for history. But like yeah. it's, so that's the that's the catch 22. It's like it's uh, you know, you know what I'm saying? Like I'm not getting sick, I'm not out there on the front lines, but I have to deal with basically rich people who have fake problems yeah <laughs> expensive I, refrigerators yeah yeah they got duped yeah that sounds similar to uh, i remember doing customer service for this insurance leads company and i hated the insurance people anyways because a lot of them were like conniving bastards especially the ones that we were working with um but you know i would get them calling and complain and it just became a game Cause I knew all of their, their, I knew all of their simple little argumentative tricks and could just shut them down endlessly. You know, um, these people you, that you're, you're talking to are just going to solve the problem with money and, uh, you can kind of just disregard their feelings and they're just gonna, there's a, uh, whatever. I guess I have to pay it. Do you get a lot of people that fight with you? Yeah, it's a weird, strange mix because there are some people who are really appreciative, but I think that the biggest things that I've noticed is that like I'm not trying to come up with like um like a cap like a Marxist like capital version breakdown of how these things work, but like my theory is that there's like a loyalty signaling going on. You know how like conservatives always say there's like virtual virtue signaling. Yeah. The the people who call they're always like, so I bought uh two of these ovens and one of these refrigerators and got a whole kitchen of these things. And I spent $60,000 and I just, you know, I've had these for two years and I'm very loyal. And that's how they preface what they <laughs> then go into, which is a diatribe. about Loyal to the refrigerator. No, that, that, no, I mean, it says something. You're like, I didn't just, right. buy, I didn't buy a refrigerator. I didn't buy a stove. I bought a Viking. Okay. I, I paid, you know, real money for this. And it has a lot of intricate parts that aren't in yours. And well, and my fucking ice maker is broken on my Frigidaire or whatever the hell it is. Hot point, whatever fucking, uh, fridge I have. Um, and, and it happens to all of them, but they just have a bigger bill for it. 
Right. Nobody's ice maker it, it, yeah, works, by the way. It, yeah, all the, all the ice makers break. Right. <laughs> right. I've never seen an ice well, maker work. Like, as, right. As like a proletarian person, like who has lived in apartments my whole life, for instance, I've never lived in an apartment that had like a fridge with like an ice maker or anything, the extra bells and whistles. I've never had a refrigerator in that case that is broken down like this. Yeah. So whenever people, and that's the frustrating part of the job is that people will call and sell a shit. And like, I agree with you. Like, why did you spend that money? <laughs> um, why did you buy this product that is like, why didn't you just buy a, uh, what's it called? A Kenmore elite from Kohl's for like, or wherever the fuck you can buy a refrigerator these days from those like generic brands. Yeah. Even general electric. It's still a reliable brand. Like the oven I have in my apartment right now is probably 30 plus years old and it has not had a single issue probably in its 30 years of life. So why, I don't know. It's just like, I get it. Like you want your thing. You want a Wi-Fi connected appliance. That's like kind of got a, a cool feel to it that you can show off to your buddy when he comes over. He's like, Oh, I could check whether or not my oven's on when I'm on in Barbados or whatever. But like, <laughs> Yeah. And then there's people who would say like, oh, you know, I'm leaving for three months to my summer home. And then it's just like I immediately tune out because I'm just like, I can't relate to you. I can't. This is a non problem to me. Like, and yeah. I'm high <laughs> the entire time I do this job. And it's like, <laughs> no, for that stuff, it, it is. It's like it's a good problem. It's something you should be grateful about. Like, this is just a problem in your life. You know, is that your $60,000 kitchen <laughs> isn't living up to your expectations. That's that is not much. Going right. on, it's like figure it out yourself. You some drama now. Yeah, I like the idea of of getting mad because my Wi-Fi connected refrigerator is breaking. When fucking adding Wi-Fi to a refrigerator just adds another issue to your refrigerator. You know, you're just adding right. all this new shit, and it's like if I saw a Wi-Fi connected refrigerator, I at the store, and I was supposed to be buying a refrigerator, I'd be like, no, nah, because the Wi-Fi is just going to break like the ice maker. I don't give a shit. I I just give me one that makes things cold. Yeah. Well, then it's like we have a charcuterie drawer that is a different temperature than your main compartments. Uh, you know, and we and and everything is super advanced and uh, super expensive to fix. Maybe I would get that if I could make charcuterie meats inside of my refrigerator. <laughs> no, when I was looking at them, uh, the, the big nice ones had this like just little teeny tray that you could put like open food in. I don't know what it was. It was a, once again a lifestyle thing. I didn't get it. Yeah. Yeah, that you could just drop food in without wrapping it up or anything. It was supposed to be like about? before you're before you have a party. This is a place you could put your deviled eggs at or whatever with your cellophane. You can just drop them in this little sleeve that like slides in and out. It, I was so perplexed by it. <laughs> yeah, no, I I, I just uh, the regular like said, fridge it, is fine. Just give me a refrigerator, man. A cold I'm box. I'm not fucking spending. Yeah, I'm not spending time with the refrigerator. I would take one of the ones that was just an ice cube from back in the 1800s. You know? No, you had to, Fuck you, it. You had to use a pick on that. You had to, like, hammer a piece of ice off for your drink. 
Yeah, I recently <laughs> saw a bar rescue where they got the uh, ice delivered to the bar, and I was like, damn, I want to get ice delivered to my house. Because <laughs> oh, no. it was really clear ice. Sure. And I was like, damn, i never seen clear ice like that before. Get me some of that. Artisanal ice. Yeah, and then I Googled how to make your oh, ice clear. I'm like trying to find out how to get my ice clearer. And and you know what? It's just for booze too. I don't even drink. You know? I I don't care what the ice is. Doesn't even matter to me. But it looks like that cartoon ice that you can see all the way through. Yes, that's what it was. That's what John Taffer was like all into it. He's like, look at this ice, man. It's so clear. I got advertised like a Kickstarter one time or something, and it was this rectangle that you filled with water. And you stored it in the freezer and you made ice out of it. And what they said was that all of the like all of the white stuff and bubbles and shit went to the other side. So then you had this chisel and you broke it in half, and the other half was the clear side. Then you pitch your bubble side. I don't I don't know what you're supposed to do with it. Uh throw it on the floor for the dog to get. <laughs> uh and then you have your big block of clear right. ice. Damn, I want a big <laughs> so block of clear ice. You need a rectangle to store it in, and then you need to chisel off the clear parts. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> God, Brett, this Citizen app just... Well, it's probably good. Every di- I'm sorry, go ahead. No, I was just going to say that uh, it's probably a good segue for me to transition out of, like, just be- into my um, wrapping up here. Um, two things about ice. Um, there was one customer called and said, why can't my ice be cylindrical nice and the other one was um, bourbon bastard they wanted to change the speed at which the ice fell into the glass <laughs> <laughs> and it, there's it's actually adjustable on the refrigerator that i do an after hours answering service wow that is- i actually looked it up i took the time on that one and i actually was able to find the answer that is like patrick bateman levels of control like american psycho shit <laughs> like, ah, i don't like the clink 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 i want to clink 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 Clink. I want something on a four yeah. four. You know. Yeah, that lady called about that on. I think like it would think it was a Sunday, one of the only Sundays I worked. But anyway, um, <laughs> I just wanted to share that because I thought that's hilarious. Um, my plug for myself is my gaming channel. I'm Raw Evil Gaming. I'm in the chat right now. Um, and also, um, more broadly, you might be more because I do like Diablo too. Um, older games, but also like uh, some newer games that like indie stuff. Just check it out, whatever. What is it? But again? more so, I wanted to plug what you might be. It's called Raw Evil Gaming. Raw. Um, it's on Twitch.tv. Raw, like the like like a raw hamburger, but raw evil. Oh, I was thinking it's like the Egyptian shit. Based on a yeah. Go ahead. Um, no, it's all right. And then uh, my other thing that I was going to plug is my buddy's doing a podcast that I'm doing with him called the Album Concept Hour. So go to twitch.tv slash the album concept hour. We talk about concept albums. Right now we're talking about albums um, that are one of the 50 states. And okay. uh, the one that we talked about last week was Iowa by Slipknot. And that was a and, lot of fun. Uh, the one that we- yeah, that's a good concept for, uh, pardon the uh, pun there, I guess. It's a good concept for a podcast, though. <laughs> concept yeah. albums. You should do issues yeah. sometime. Right, you know? right. Yeah, mm-hmm. good, good deal. Yeah, it gives you a lot uh, of latitude. You can talk about metal. You can talk about a lot of things. Yeah, yeah. Talk about Sufjan Stevens. Yeah, that's what I thought when you said the 50 states. I was like, is that is that Sufjan Stevens? Sufjan? <laughs> I don't know how to say the guy's name. Yes. You know? 
That's actually our culture. part of our thing. We did uh, Michigan, one of our first ones. We have a Patreon too. It's Flyover State Park. It, it's several layers of naming here, but the podcast is like part of the production thing that my buddy is starting. I think he's trying to actually get part of like a bigger network, but we'll see how he gets how far he gets with that. Okay. I think he's got a good voice for podcasts and a lot of good ideas, and let's, this is one of them. So, yeah, check it out. Let's start with the free channels first. Thanks a lot, guys. Have a good one. Yeah, have yeah. a good night. <laughs> Peace. Yeah. Peace. The Citizen app, Brett, now, every day this week, I've had a gunshot in my neighborhood. Now, I haven't heard a gunshot in your neighborhood, but in my neighborhood, every day this week, there's been a gunshot. And I'm like, geez, what's going on over here? Like I said, I haven't heard a gunshot, though. I would think I would hear one Are you looking, if they did it. Are you opening it all the way up and going to the map? Um, It happens on my watch. They're lying so to you. I, they're lying. They're lying to me. Yeah, they'll say a gunshot nearby. It's 4.4 miles away. Now, this one is you, pretty close to me. You have 1. to 1.3 miles. Also a lie. They are using old location data. The, the notifications on my phone will say there's a gun battle happening in front of your house. It'll say 0.9 miles away. And then when I open up the app, it'll recalibrate and it'll be three, five miles away. Yeah. I know where this one is, though. That's the thing. Oh, so, okay. Okay. Yeah, I know the road. This happened. A gunshot heard. Report of man armed with knife. Now, that could have been me. And uh, shot detected. So... That's, cool. that's the three things happened in my neighborhood. That's fine. I actually lost my knife, had to buy a new knife. Oh, no. So uh, it'll be a few days till I have a knife again, which is a bummer. So now I'm just playing with the screwdriver. Okay. Well, that's kind of a knife. can be a knife. Sort of, I guess. I put it on a mic thing, so it's like a gun. It's a screwdriver gun. Interesting. All right. Thanks for calling Street Fight. Who are we talking to tonight? Hey, what's up? It's Jeremy. Uh, I just moved, so um, not really uh, in a location. What's okay. up, Jeremy? How's it going? It's all right. Uh, I wanted to call because uh, you guys were talking about uh, a shoplifting recently. I mean, y'all been talking about shoplifting so much on every episode. It's like, Brian, you need to make a separate like Patreon series just for like shoplifting <laughs> techniques. <laughs> That's for Street Fight. That's a that doesn't that doesn't need a service. That's what Street Fight's for. Well, okay, (laughs) no, that's very true. It'd be it would be wrong to put that behind a paywall. Uh, But also, I just wanted to start really quick, Uh, Brian. I think you can get clear ice by boiling the water before you uh, freeze it. Oh, like put it in a tea kettle or put it on like a whatever, boil it, and then uh, throw it in the freezer. I'll try that and then put it in my vitamin water. I'll boil the water to make clear ice to put in a vitamin water so as not to have any impurities in my vitamin water. Smart. Yeah. Are you ever going to go for one of those uh, spherical ice makers that cost like 20 bucks or no? No, I don't drink. So like my, if my wife ever said it, like if my wife was like, hey, uh, uh, dude, I want the round spherical ice and I want it to be very clear. I would do it for her because I'm that kind of a wife guy, but like she's never expressed sure. any interest in it. And we have large square ice. We have a, 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 a um, 
ice tray that's silicone and it's very large squares. And I really don't think it has to be spherical. I think it just is the size. If I'm not mistaken, I might be wrong about that. <laughs> Maybe. I don't know. I, it, I don't know if it uh, impacts the flavor or anything. But um, Some whiskey okay, I wanted to talk like, to no, a, a little bit. No, it has to be spherical so it can cascade like a waterfall. <laughs> yeah, sure. It pours a certain way and then it like melts that way and it really mixes in a certain, um, you know, <laughs> yeah. really uh, heightens the flavor of the of the drink. Uh, yeah. So um, I have a, a, a story to tell you about um, how when I was working at Walmart, um, I'd like to say that. Um, Somebody else called from San Antonio a while ago and told you a story about Walmart. I am not related to them legally. Um, okay. I don't even know them. However, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, anyway, so uh, when I was uh, doing warehouse work uh, in that Walmart, uh, I was uh, like working in that truck and shit. And uh, so there were these certain boxes that would come back from Walmart, like the production, uh, like distribution warehouses. Um, that were like these kind of like bigger boxes of like mishmash stuff. This is stuff that goes to those centers of like returns and stuff, whatever they get sorted. And then they get sent to these individual Walmarts for, uh, you know, they'll come in these boxes off the truck and then somebody else there will sort it. It'll end up in the store. Anyway, a couple of those boxes, if you know what you're looking for and you're unloading that truck, a couple of those boxes are just video games. And, uh, so what I would do is I would be in that truck and I would find that box. I would like, you know, look inside, see the video games. I'd put it aside somewhere, keep working. And then when that, uh, that belt stopped, cause like whatever one of the lanes was full, I would like take a few of those video games and put it in my bed. And then, um, my ass would get crazy sweaty while I was uh, doing all this work. And so I always brought like a change of pants. I would take these games to the bathroom under my vest, like, so the cameras couldn't see anything. And uh, I would change pants, roll them up in the pants that I would go and throw back in my locker and then take them home. And I have like fucking 20 video games from this. Very good. That's wonderful. I mean, video games yeah. are the hardest thing to it steal, was, It was right? my whole... They're not easy to steal, but I was getting them before they were getting um, processed by the store whatsoever. And I was also getting them before they uh, ended up in the case. Yeah, it feels so it's to like, me like yeah. video games are like Fort Knox when you work in a big box store. I think the hardest two things to steal are video games and phones, right? That's the most security. Yeah, because if you talk about yeah, if you talk about where the the LP are watching on the cameras, that's like where they're looking in the electronics department. You know, they're yeah. just monitoring whoever's going in or out of there. Um, yeah, because that's so all anybody like a video wants game to related steal. Thing, they're not going to think. Yeah, that's all anybody wants to steal. And also, you you know what that makes you though? That makes you not a shoplifter, what? but a heist guy more than a shoplifter. You uh -huh. know, it becomes a heist See, that's guy. That's the exact kind of approval I was looking. Uh huh. Yeah, mm -hmm. a, a heist guy uh -huh. steals now, something that's hard to steal. A uh, a shoplifter yeah, steals something that's relatively easy to steal. I feel. That's very true. <laughs> so you did a so, heist uh, on yeah, 20 yeah. So, video uh, games. So when I was doing my heists on these video games, I would get increasingly nervous about it. 
Cause, uh, I was like telling my fellow employees too. It was like, like I had the work family there. So I was like, guess what? I just fucking pulled up, you know? No, no, um, not good. And I was doing what, what Brett was, I know I was doing what, what Brett was talking about earlier in the, the episode. And he was just saying, um, you know, you just kind of keep doing these things and, you know, you think that if you get away with it once, then uh, that's just it. So I just kept stealing the shit. And, um, a couple weeks before, uh, I quit slash they fired me slash there was an incident. Um, <laughs> a couple weeks before that I, uh, snatched AirPods and I was just feeling fucking scared about that. And, uh, that was like the last thing I stole from them. Cause it was like, I don't want to be fucking monitored or watched on this camera anymore. It was yeah, scary. yeah. AirPods, that's a two hundred dollars steal. So that is a Dude, that was a steal. <laughs> I got it, yeah. And then I was like, ah, I should not be, you know what I mean? Because it's like you take it once, and then as soon as they see you on one of those cameras, they're gonna start looking for you like everywhere else that you know that you might have stolen something. You well, know, so I was just really scared of that. Also, they do have to pay attention to some of those reports. And, uh, if you go back they to, do. like, I got, I got caught stealing on gift cards because I could have bought a gift card once every few months and resold it for a hundred dollars, but I started doing it once a month. And then they're like, who's this guy that we're paying $9 <laughs> an hour that spends a thousand dollars a month on gift cards? You know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's incredible though. It's, I mean, I was it's gonna like, say- it starts. Your heart starts beating every time you go into a shift and you're like, is this going to be the time that I do it? And then, you know, you're just thinking about it that whole time you're doing all that terrible work, you know? Yeah, I had a a position once and uh, I would wear a belt underneath my pants. And uh, so I would go, I would go, I would be putting clothes away and I had a cart with me and I would get down low and I would create a pathway that no camera could see from the bottom of my cart into the front of my pants. So I would take like a pair of jeans <laughs> and stuff them down my pants. And then I would go to the bathroom and I would unroll the pants and like lay them down the inside of my pants, like on the front or back and then secure them with the belt loops uh-huh. on the inside. And I would walk out with like $200 jeans all the time, <laughs> put them right on eBay. God damn. Well, okay. Well, you know, they're watching you if you go into those bathrooms. I mean, they're like, they're, you know, oh, yeah. they have those bathrooms open for the public and whatever. And then they get really nervous if somebody's going to bring in and, and then stash something in there. So if you are planning on shoplifting, that's probably not the best place to, to end yourself up while concealing. Well, I would say yeah, the bathroom work. is the bathroom is not like if you're at Walmart, I assume there's a lot of dead spots where the cameras can't see you there. I mean, maybe not in the I back. I assume that too. You, Never found him. Yeah. But they don't let you know where those areas are, oh, if yeah. that makes sense. Right. Like, so it is hard to find uh-huh. out, but it is something that you can find out. How did you find out, Brett? What, yeah. Where, where the where the cameras were did you just know somebody that looked at the cameras or no you could just see them and and it was just an impossible situation there was no way they did not have cameras advanced enough that if i was bent down in front of a cart i had a small area underneath that cart and as long as i wasn't down there for any significant amount of time i had 90 seconds to reach around under the cart and fumble around and do anything i wanted and there was no no camera could ever Mm -hmm. see it 
It's incredible. Oh, you want to hear? I had forgotten about it. You want to hear about this uh, one heist before I uh, let you guys go that somebody tried to pull off uh, somewhere else in Texas and then he got, he ended up on the news because he uh, tried way (laughs) too hard at this shoplifting heist here. Okay. Uh, Yeah. So uh, he he was doing the self-scan deal and I don't know how he ended up with this like crazy uh, total. It was like over a thousand dollars of products or something. Uh, probably electronics. And he had taken this package of Kool-Aid, like this little packet that scans for like 27 cents. And he was holding it under the tags of everything that he was scanning. Yeah. And so he always just kept it in his hand and he was kind of running things through under that one scan. And uh, the whole thing was like, you know, 12, 1300 bucks or something and ended up scanning for 50 bucks. And probably the attendant was watching him the entire time. And, you know, it was I mean, pretty you, funny heist, but uh, sad that he had to. Yeah, when you're that, ringing up like electronics what? and they're ringing up 27 cents, like it's always <laughs> been in 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 my experience, it's always been like if you're going to do any kind of tag switching or anything like that. You got to be able, you got to uh-huh. make it somewhat believable. You're not just going to get a TV for 27 cents. They're not going to let that go through. You got to say like, I want this thousand dollar TV for $500. You know, that'll work. But, mm-hmm. uh, uh mm-hmm. you know, they don't know the difference between the $500 TVs and the thousand dollar TVs in the front of the store. But yeah, the, the, the Kool-Aid thing, it probably worked once or twice. And yeah. that's what happened. And then they were on to him. Yep. Yeah. That's what I would do too. When I was scanning my meals, I would take the, the smallest thing and just scan that one. Um, I did the Kool-Aid thing basically just with those thin packages of tuna, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so those were just tall and thin. So I just, I held them under this huge box of pop tarts and scanned the whole thing for like, uh, like three bucks. <laughs> it was, it was funny. Um, yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. So, uh, y'all have a good night. Uh, yeah, thanks for calling. Show. Uh, happy late, happy belated, uh, uh, B day, Brian day. Well, Brett's and, uh, birthday's coming up. So you gotta, you gotta get on him now. Happy it's early Brett yet, day. But it's soon. Yeah. 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 It's gonna be Brett day. I'll soon. be in your DMs on your birthday or something, Brett. Great. For Brett All day. All right. Thanks All for right, calling. See y'all. Good night. Peace. We got a full SQ. Wait, all the way? Uh, yeah, pretty much. All right. Well, uh, I guess we get, uh, I mean, we're going to go to midnight. You want to take a break or you're going to keep going? I mean, I don't know what I'm going to do during a break at home. You know what I mean? Right. We can just keep it rolling. Get a snack. I had a cookie. I had a CBD cookie. I'm good. You can put them on with me and go, go take a break. You know? All right. I don't care. Thanks for calling Street Fight. Who are we talking to tonight? Hey, this is Kevin from D.C. How are you guys? What's up, Kevin? How's it going? Uh, things are things are good. Um, it's snowy here. I wanted to talk about an old employer of mine, Compass Coffee in D.C. Okay. Okay. Um, you know, I, who I, I work I, I, for before on you two st- different... Before you start, I want yeah. to talk about... Uh, I just did an episode of Rock Hard Caucus, which is a, a podcast by a friend of mine, Justin Comer, and a, and a few other people. I'm sorry I didn't get the names, uh, but I just did this show, and and one of the things we talked about was a uh, um, was a coffee shop that had some shockingly horrible labor practices, and we were talking about, and I was talking about how like. 
we really do default to thinking that coffee shops are these like progressive havens and they're not they're fucking not the owners of them are all horrible if that's that's the like one thing i've learned from doing street fight yeah i i worked for them on two separate occasions like i worked for a couple months back in like i guess the beginning of 2019 and then kind of like at the end yeah, so in like January, February of this year, most recently, and they're like owned by these two, one guy who used to work in the hedge fund, one guy who used to be a consultant, they were like both like friends in the army, and so they're like, we're a veteran-owned business, like a small business, you know, and they play all that card, but the one owner, um, his dad is like the scion of this huge family that has like hundreds of millions of dollars in the DC area. And they're like some of the wealthiest people in the whole city. And so they sort of say this whole, like we're a small business, you know, that is like progressive and has, you know, like pride flags in the windows and everything. But, uh, they're, they just, you know, to me sort of seem like they cast that all, but they, you know, just inherited all their money. Basically they have, you know, they can get whatever they want. But when I, yeah. I don't think you can open a conservative coffee shop though either. If that makes sense, you know, like yeah, you, <laughs> you can't be like, "Hey, experiment. this is a Yeah, this is a this is a uh, conservative coffee shop. We believe blue lives matter." Like I just don't even think that like there's there's like conservatives don't like really go and sit at coffee shops. You know what I mean? Not well, so No, yeah. Yeah. They do love Starbucks, though. They're There's always the mad at Starbucks, so they want to be there. They do, but I'm just saying, like, if you're, oh, you would be, you would be better served if you were a conservative to open a cynical, progressive coffee shop, if that makes sense. Okay. You know, where you're just like, okay, yeah, I'm yeah. conservative, but yeah, yeah, Black Lives Matter. Uh, you know, I'm going to put a pride flag outside because yeah. it makes me money. I don't, really care about these things but yeah. i know that people that go to coffee shops want to see these things so i'm gonna hang these things up in my store true that yeah i and, think and it that, is you know, crazy I think because playing into that it's crazy because over the years of doing street fight some of the worst small business tyrants that we've heard of are coffee shop workers Almost all the worst ones own coffee shops, you know, restaurants and coffee shops, but coffee shops, especially I think are looked at as like these liberal havens. These y'all go in there and get a mocha choke a latte, you dang lib, you know, but the people that own them are horrible. (laughs) Yeah. Well, when I was working there this most recent time, I mean, I think the thing that I dislike most about them that I wanted to talk about is just that they were really, really cruel towards, you know, homeless people around the area who were like trying to come in and hang out and like, you know, get a free cup of coffee here or there or whatever. And really harsh too. It was pretty clear over the time that I worked there, but people were like getting high in the bathroom, like shooting up or, you know, whatever, like people, mostly opioids, it seemed like, cause you'd have people like nodding off and, mm-hmm. um, you know, every once in a while people would like, you know, you find blood in the bathroom you know? And so it was sort of like clear that there were people using drugs in the bathroom and their whole response to that was not to like give anyone training or like Narcan or like any kind of compassion, but was just to get more like restrictive and like trying to stop 
homeless people from coming inside and to stop and to like watch out for like behaviors that they thought would be like people who are using drugs. Like if they got like straws or napkins and they like put um, those codes on the bathroom doors, you had to ask the barista before you could use them. And then they stopped accepting cash. Jesus. And it just felt like so it just felt so like they were confronting what I saw as like a serious social problem. Like we know that like, you know, overdoses are a real problem. It's hard to find like a safe place to do drugs and people were using in the bathroom. It's not, you know, it's a busy place as far as it goes Yeah, and responding to it with nothing but like punitive shit. Right. And then of course, you're also you know, not going to blame the owner. There's problems. Always call the cops. I don't think the, yeah. the customers would blame the owners, but I do think the police might blame the owners if you were letting them yeah. shoot up in the bathroom, I think the move was just to be like, yeah. Hey, you know, we didn't see it. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. We didn't know they yeah, were doing I mean, it. I, don't... But I think you do have to, you do probably for show have, you have to put on a show where it's like, Hey, you know, I don't want to catch you. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, because there, it, yeah. it's like the thing yeah, I talk I about a lot yeah. with shoplifting where it's like, you can't just like grab stuff and stick it down your pants in front of an employee because they kind of have to do that. You have to put on the show of hiding, but I'm not saying that like you should keep homeless people out of your place so that they can't shoot up in the bathroom. I'm just saying that like putting locks on the doors is a totally dick fucking thing to do and I hate that those codes on the doors because I mean they just basically keep keep every customer they like punish every customer for like what they consider to be the bad people which look if a guy comes in there and buys coffee it doesn't matter if he has a home or not he should be able to use the bathroom you know yeah use the bathroom for whatever he's going to use it it was not it was sort of like the combination of like you know they don't take cash they wouldn't you weren't supposed to like give out free water or cups of water anymore um, you, you know, they had the locks on the doors and they were like, you know, trying to tell you to be more like watchful of anybody who's staying there. And, you know, it just felt like sort of overly punitive and cruel yeah. over time. You're and, not part of the community. You at know, all. a lot of people quit over conflicts with that. Yeah. It's totally antisocial. You, you know, you're pretending like, you know, you give a shit about where you're at and you're invested in this neighborhood. They all say that shit, you know. And then it doesn't play out that yeah. way. They care about the community in yeah. as much as they care about the other small business owners in the community. That's who they care they about. Care they about- don't actually care about the people that live in the community. Sure. Yeah, I mean, I think it speaks to that, you know, we just need, like, you know, overdose prevention sites and, you know, better better services. You know, like, I, I think it really speaks to that. It's, it's here in D.C., but it seems like all across the U.S., you know, I think they seem to be doing better at that in like Canada. Like I listened to that podcast that you y'all went on crackdown. crackdown They're like a new yeah. babe. Brian went on. Crackdown's yeah. amazing. Yeah, it's a great podcast. And it is uh uh I think the thing about it is like we're far away from safe injection sites here, but they're absolutely necessary and any and we should be agitating for them more. Yeah. I don't like know how, you know, without holding yeah. elected office. Like Shit, I would love to hold elected office and be like, hey, 
I want to do safe injection sites, even if I didn't get it done, just to have it in a mainstream political place would be great. Yeah. Uh, you just don't hear about it much here in, in the States at all. Not, it feels like yeah. I know there are people fighting for this. It just, they don't get yeah. a lot of press. And I think it's going to be very hard to make it a part of mainstream political discourse without getting any kind of press at all or, 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 you know, anybody writing about it. It's just like something that I think it's so far away. But again, when me and Brett started this podcast, saying you hate the United States of America was like a, a fucking edgy thing to say. And now it's like, we're a wholesome show. You know what I mean? People don't think that us being <laughs> not patriotic is like some crazy fucking thing, you know? So hopefully sure. the same thing kind of happens with this war on drug shit. Like over time, we can yeah. fucking beat back the uh, uh, bad guys, you know? And, 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 uh, uh, you know, really end the war on drugs, which I do think people are fucking sick and tired of the war on drugs. Yeah. They just don't understand what a world looks like without it. True. True. Yeah. 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 Well, um, another thing I wanted to, to shout out before, you know, I leave you all to the next caller is that my wife, Claire, and her coworkers recently unionized their workplace, um, wow. at, uh, this place called DC Safe. Uh, which is a nonprofit that um, supports survivors of domestic violence in the city, and they won their election nine to one on Thursday. That's awesome. That's really good news. So, what's the next step? Yeah, it's really exciting. So now they're going to do go on to bargaining for their contract. So they're going to, you know, sort of set up people to run the bargaining committee and then decide what stuff to prioritize. That's you know, awesome. like wages I, versus benefits versus hours. And yeah. 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 It's always very hard. It's it. That is the kind of thing that like, uh, um, we've had a lot of calls from people who have tried to unionize nonprofits and it's, it's been very tough. So congratulations. It's, it's really good. Yeah. 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 That's pretty cool. Well, thanks y'all. You know, I hope you have a nice rest of your night. Appreciate you giving me the time. Yeah. Yeah. All right. We got to do lightning round though. Well, I mean, we still have time. Okay. Thanks for calling Street I mean, Fight. Who are we talking to tonight? You can't do the little finger sign to me, so I don't know. <laughs> Text it to me. Text me the finger sign. Hello? Hello, howdy. Somebody jamming? Here's Somebody, some it's Max Headroom. Wailing guitar. All right. You missed out. Yeah. You hang up they're on not, that one. They're not dead, but just not there. Well, there we go. We knocked one out. Thanks for calling Street Fight. Who are we talking to tonight? Uh, this is Tim Bob from NorCal. What's hey. up, Tim Bob? You hear me? Yeah, we can hear you. Yeah. Hey, guys. So, a uh, couple, uh, couple things, just two things. Uh, a couple callers back uh, talked about Outbreak. And, uh, he was talking about the vaccines. Gotta set the record straight here. It wasn't Lawrence Fishburne and Outbreak. It was Morgan Freeman. Morgan Freeman. Oh, wow. And misinformation. Oh. All right. That's yeah, that fraudulent. Is, yeah, that is. <laughs> I need to watch Outbreak. I so, never saw uh, it. You never saw it? I loved it as a kid. Oh, I've never seen Outbreak. Oh, it's a great movie. 
Really? It has Dustin Hoffman, Cuba Gibbons Jr., Rene Russo. So, okay, that's like all people so, I like. Tons better than, uh, it's so much better than Contagion. Yeah, I haven't seen Contagion oh, either. Sure. I think I didn't watch Outbreak because I was afraid I'd get a disease. That's how you had me thinking about a disease. Yeah. <laughs> it, it would just make me nervous. Hey, I'm thinking about a disease here. I might get it. <laughs> this, you're our ombudsman. Hey, I want to tell you. Uh, a <laughs> so I want to tell you about another guy's uh, misfortune. That this story may be really angry. Uh, well, this experience, especially from like a, a working class solidarity perspective um i i every day i get off work i'm a nurse i work in a walk-in clinic and i swing by the ampm uh which is just i don't know you guys get ampms where you're at oh yeah no we know what it is oh yeah do they have them here no i don't think so oh we've been to them Um, in california so i was yeah they're born in california uh I always get a couple of beers when I get off work on my way home, and the the guy who works there is really nice. Always asking me how my day was, and uh, just a pleasant guy to see every day when I go home. So Friday, um, I bought my stuff and uh, asked him if I could use his bathroom, and then I come out of the bathroom, uh, and he's uh, being arrested uh, by the by the police by the Reading Police Department. What and what happened was he he sold to to a minor, six back to a minor, and I think like the person who was in the store just before me was uh was this little girl. That, I mean, not really a little girl. She I mean she could have been nineteen, twenty, twenty one. Uh, I mean I'm sorry, she could have uh, uh she uh, had to be yeah, other one of those ages because twenty one's the, the the age, right? Yeah. So uh, it was a, I, as I was walking out the store, I saw this young lady hop out of a black van with black windows with another cop. And it's like, Oh, for sh-, and she's holding a six pack of smearing off ice. And for sure they, it was a sting operation. Yeah. And, uh, you know, sometimes when you, when you're, you're checking out with alcohol and the, the cashier's like, meh, well, uh, let's just, let us ask you for your, uh, date or the year of birth, because I think in California they have to put in some number when they when someone purchases alcohol. I, I'm not sure, but you know some yeah, people they have ask to put a number in anywhere. Yeah, they have to put a number in anywhere, yeah. so they'll ask so, for your date of birth. Sometimes. Yeah. So yeah, as I'm walking out, I see like you know she could have she could have been 21, she could have been 26, she could have been 17. Right. Uh, she was clearly a minor and she was working with the cops and they did like this sting operation and they just busted this guy's ass. And, and he's just like, all, all these feelings started, I started to just get angry thinking about this is what you guys are doing. This is what our taxpayers are doing is just the, trying to break up the black market, uh, of the, the AMPM, this, this fucking guy <laughs> who's just, just working hard at the shitty job. Uh, he's just always like super nice and, uh, I could just feel nothing but like, uh, so much, uh, remorse for the guy. Uh, I, you know, I start to like think about the, the 21 age limit in itself, how ridiculous yeah. it is. Cause most other countries is like 18. And I, I, when I was in the military, I was, I'm a vet and every time, uh, you know, I'm around my relatives before I turned 21 and I was in the military, like, well, you're, 
you're in the military and you should be allowed to drink or, you know, just this horseshit uh, law around such a, you know, arbitrary thing about are you like mature enough to, to uh, buy alcohol. But regardless, what the thing that made me m- most mad was just they're, they're going after this guy. Like, why this guy? Yeah. He's just working his ass off for a shitty job. Yeah, they, um, yeah, that's, 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 that's the story. Yeah, that sucks. Uh, totally unnecessary. Who are they helping here? Um, if somebody is confident, if somebody, if you can walk up and you can trick the cashier, I think you can get your beer. I think that's all it should be is whether they confidently believe you should have those boot, that booze or not. Yeah, I don't even think, uh, I hate age-based laws anyway. You know, okay. Let me first walk that back. Age of consent laws are good. I am for those. But what I'm talking (laughs) about is like for booze and cigarettes and stuff like that. It's just like, I mean, whatever. Just if if you think the person can handle the booze or the cigarettes, just sell it to them. Who fucking cares? (laughs) You know what I mean? Really? Who fucking cares? That like a sixteen-year-old yeah. gets beer. Who? Nobody. Fu- nobody fucking cares. Everybody chuckles. Everybody's like, "Oh, I remember that age." You know, like we yeah. all did it. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. It it just doesn't make any. Uh, it just doesn't make any sense to me. You know, and and like, uh, um, I just I just don't think anybody. I don't think anybody truly cares if sixteen-year-olds do drink or 18 year olds drink or you know 19 i don't think anybody really even cares it's just a law that exists because i don't know puritanical reasons i guess i don't i don't fucking know thank you everybody in the chat saying nice save brian because i knew as soon as i said age-based laws (laughs) it's like not those laws Those ones are good. These I'm saying um, with like in regards to like I don't know, like going to bars and shit like that. It's like, listen, I don't want 16-year-olds in any bars I'm going to, but far be it for me to say a bar owner can't be like, <laughs> you know what, 16-year-olds can come in here and have a beer too if they act like fucking gentlemen <laughs> or, or, or ladies, you know? If you, act, <laughs> you act like a decent person, you should be allowed, you can drink in my place. It just it makes me uh uh it makes me so mad and and again i don't even i i look at it like decriminalization more than i look at it as like a law right where i'm just like i don't think we should be encouraging people to do all these drugs or drink i don't think we should be like hey in school we teach you how to crack a beer and do a shotgun you know what i mean i'm just saying like we should advise people to wait until later in life to do drugs and alcohol but also like the people that are going to do it are going to fucking do it and whatever you know what about like whatever a a drinking license where you have to like go and drink in front of a crowd in front of a crowd or a panel of judges and they get to pass or fail you yeah well i'll say this like i used to be totally when was like really young i i was i thought i was going to be so worried about her taking the same roads i took and then it was like well when i when i start to when i start uh 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 as she gets older and older it's like well i guess the way i like treated her as a kid 
made her more likely to wait. Like I did the job of of like talking her into waiting. And if and and to be completely honest, I'm not like even nervous. Like that's not the thing that scares me the most of anything in this world now is that she might get high or drink something. Like it just at this point now it's like uh, uh I hope you don't, but you know, I I can't stop it. You know, well, I mean, you don't make their life hell, and all, all of a sudden, it's they don't go for that kind of stuff. You don't, if you don't know when to escape from your home life, you don't go drinking beer in the woods when you're 13. Yes, that's exactly right, and that's that seems to be the the the, the way we we were able to do it. Which I think, I, I just think like the government doesn't need to make these decisions. You know, this isn't a decision they need to make. I think like. Guidelines are great, but like a 19 year old is going to drink. No matter. They got a job. They they have an apartment and a job. They can have a fucking drink, and just like anybody else. When you're 16, you can get a job at a grocery store. What was that? Oh, I was just going on with them saying you can you can vote and buy a gun. You can join the military and kill someone. Like sort of legally. Yeah. Well, I mean, at 16, you can get a job. You should be able to crack a cold one after work. I'm sorry. That's just my opinion. (laughs) If you can work, you can drink. That's the way I fucking... You're going to have to after you work. (laughs) Yeah. After that first day of work, you're going to have to do it. Oh, that really pisses me off. Solidarity with that guy. Thanks for calling in. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Shout out to my friend... uh, T-Top uh, T Records, who's listening for sure. All right. Hey, hey T-Top Records. Uh, I love T-Tops. I love That's T-Tops, too. I go for those. Yep, yep I do. I'm All always right. looking for a nice, bright day so I can just take the tops off. Big news, everybody. Uh, uh, this is for POD cast fans and some uh, miniseries fans. The neighbor is in his room now. And me and him are looking at each other again. You can see him? So I'm, yep. We're just sitting and looking straight across at each other. Are you making eye he contact? Like he's, uh, I will. Yeah, if he looks up. he's He looks like he's distressed. Probably having a tough time at work. He's He's got his hand on his head. And he's like, uh, uh, he looks like me 90% of the time, basically. That's what he's looking Is it like a right mirror? Now. A mirror? Oh, no, it's not. <laughs> I don't, I, the, the windows are directly across from each other and he doesn't have curtains. And I was opening the window in this room because this room gets hot. And, uh, so anytime my curtains open, I can see the guy. He's seen me in my underwear before. That's fine. Just to let, yeah, that was, that was a problem. But, uh, let's get another call. All right. Is he going to listen to music in his car next or? I hope he does. He's gonna go rub his. He rubs his head for two hours in front of his desk, and then goes and listens to music all night long. He's just sitting at his computer, just rubbing it, putting his heads in his hands, like, oh god, there must be some bad shit going on over there. Yeah, cover that up. I would, I would put on, I would put a film on the window or something, maybe. <laughs> well, a now he's just scratching film. his beard. Now uh, he might have solved the problem because now he's like rubbing his beard. He's scratching uh, his beard and picking at it and stuff. Yeah, and now he's thinking. Okay. So he's probably gotten through the tough part. Now he's thinking. Thanks for going street fight. Hey, what's up, guys? It's uh, Kyle in North Carolina. 
What's up, Kyle? How's it going? Oh, you know, it's uh, we're 11 days into Joe Biden's communist America. You know, it's the land of milk and honey now. Uh, we ended fascism right. in the police state. We defeated racism after a four-year reign. Um, you know, it was a long four years, but we did it. Yeah. You know, Joe Biden is president, and um, and it's all over. And we can go back to living our lives and driving our Teslas again, um, listening to NPR and being a sustainer. You know, I'm just happy we're also to be gonna back. Be a we're also going to be receiving $2,000 in the form of a $1,400 check. So that's great. Yeah. Hey, hey, you know what? You know what, Brian? You should, you should be thankful to, to, to Joe Biden for sending you that $1,400. You know what? After ending fascism and then sending you $1,400, I think those are big moves in the right direction, Brian. Bigly. Can you imagine being oh. the person who defends the $1,400 check? Oof. Like, that's the thing I can't even get in the mind of the person who defends it, you know? Someone that likes to pick. Yeah, yeah, it, it's insane. You know, I mean, I, I've, I've been, I, I've, I've talked, I've called in a couple of times in the past. I've mentioned how, like, me, you know, being like Ancom, libertarian socialist and my beliefs uh it can be very isolating you know when all of my friend group is largely liberal and they call themselves socialists but then like lost their absolute fucking minds over pete Buttigieg and shit like that <laughs> you know it's, it's 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 very it's very isolating you know like today i actually had a moment where i was talking to a very good friend of mine but you know, they are still very like liberal type. And it was like, you know, you, you just, just be happy. You know, it's, it's progress. It's something. And it's like, I'm just going to stick my thumb up my ass and not say anything because, you know, like it's like beating your face against a brick wall. <laughs> like, I don't even know. Like, I don't even know how to navigate those conversations anymore. So I'm like, you know what, man, I'm just going to, I'm just going to try to, you know, live under anarcho Bidenism now. Uh, and uh, and just try to enjoy it, I guess. You know, I don't know what else to fucking do. Anyway, yeah, you kind of uh, you got to uh, kind of give and get in. in in those circumstances where you're kind of like, I always just like nod along, like, yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah, couldn't believe it when I saw the news. Yeah, he ended uh, private prison. That's yeah, crazy. Right. That's crazy. Private prisons are over. <laughs> yeah, and then I'll be then the next time I see them, I'm like, I looked into that private prison thing. Actually, you know, it wasn't ex wasn't it wasn't like a full ban mm. on him. You know, no, no. And I mean, yeah, and, and, and like, and we could, I won't go down this rabbit hole because I mean, I think you guys and everybody in the chat would agree with me on this that like, we all understand that it's not as simple as like, I can sit, I can sit at a bar with you guys and we can sit and talk about what it would really look like to fix everything. But you can't have that conversation with like everyday, you know, quote unquote progressives. You just can't have that conversation with them because it's like you're speaking a language that they don't understand. Because really you are. You're speaking a language that they yeah. don't yet understand because they haven't yet done their part to look into it and see like what it really means, what the word progress would really mean. So yeah. and they're but all, we won't go down there. They're all too <laughs> they're too goddamn obsessed with having a unity at the Super Bowl party. And that, like, well, we have to consider consider conservative ideas, and it's like, no, we don't. They're not based on anything. They're just how they feel. They're just the people that they hate and that they want to punish. That's what conservative ideas are. 
Uh, they aren't about providing for right. everyone or creating st- stability uh, or a, a less violent world. You know, they're, like that's what we're aiming for. It, yeah. Yeah. You know, th- as you always say, a nice flat earth, a nice yeah. egalitarian flat earth. So flat it all well, no, I was just calling in tonight just to kind of talk. Yeah, I just want to call in and talk a little shit. You know, it, it's nice to call in and, and be amongst like minded people. Uh I kinda wanted to share some grievances where, you know, it's just just shit that happens that other people probably don't give a fuck about, but when you're a leftist, it's like this shit particularly gets under my fucking skin. Um you know, my my rent went up. I just re signed my uh just re signed my lease for another year and it didn't go up a lot. It only went up fifteen dollars, but it's still just fucking I just I just kicked rocks for an entire week after I re-signed my lease. You know, just fucking, you piece of shit. It's a fucking pandemic. How dare you raise my shit $15? I was just, I was just mad as hell about it for like a week. And <laughs> I know. I would visit people and be like, do you believe they raised my rent? And they're like, bro, it's 15 bucks. July. And I'm like, but, but, but. <laughs> it's a weird power play. Huh. It's happened at every single place I've been at. And I would go down there and argue with them, like, you know, nothing's changed, uh, you know, you owe me this or that. And they're like, all right, we're not going to raise it $250. Can we raise it $25? They do the same. They just <laughs> don't want you to ever think your rent's going to be the same when you resign. They're like, well, we have to worry about inflation. I'm like, I don't think $25 is the inflation, covers the inflation. You know, I don't think that's the, right. you just right. want $25 more. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's greed. I mean, well, you know, again, it, it's rabbit hole shit, right? Like, we could go down the rabbit hole about fucking property values and and capitalism and real estate and all that shit. But again, you know, that it, it, it's it's just wasted breath at this point. It, you know, it's still it's just it's just the fundamentals of it. Now, it's like the truth is that I've managed to keep my job all throughout COVID times, and my pay has remained the same. Um, and in some ways, I guess my boss has shown me some loyalty uh just giving a little bit of credit where it's due so it's like that 15 bucks a month is not going to make or break me it's just the principle of it that really got under my fucking skin it's like yeah like my landlord is really nice and like easy to deal with but it's like you're still a fucking bloodsucker at the end of the day (laughs) it's like it's you know you know, it's like, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. You can, you can come to my door and give me a fucking ice cream call and tell me I'm beautiful every day. I like, you know, and you're still just a bloodsucker. <laughs> like I can't, I like, I don't, it, I guess that's just me being a pessimist though. So no, that, that happened. Uh, my fucking boss at work pulled up in a brand new Land Rover the other day too. And that oh, just made me want to fucking throw myself off a bridge. Yeah. 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 It is what it is. Um, I wanted to share a, a quick story, kind of landlord related. Uh, it's something that I hadn't ever shared before. I think I've called in about jobs in the past. I've never called in about a landlord thing. If you got a couple minutes for that. Yeah. What's up? So in 2016, 17, I lived in this apartment complex with my now ex-girlfriend, but, uh, it was, it was like our first place together and, and we were really excited about it uh, because of how affordable it was. It was like a 1,000 square foot apartment in like near the downtown area for like 720 bucks a month, awesome. which was dirt fucking cheap. 
for the area. So we were super stoked, but I mean, it was a shithole, you know, sure. like it was definitely like the apartments at the front of the complex were pretty nice, but then the ones at the back, you could tell that they just completely forgot about them. They just pretended <laughs> that those didn't exist. And that's where all the problems happen. Uh, like the night we moved in, like the night we moved in, uh, a pipe burst inside the wall and flooded our hallway. Oh my God. And I don't even know how the fuck that happened. Don't even know how that happened. Um, about three weeks later, we paid our first month's rent for like following month. And we paid with money orders because we had not yet set up the, uh, like online payments that you can do. Okay. They lost one of our money orders. Okay. So, and I found out that they lost one of our money orders because I came home from work to an eviction notice on my door. <laughs> like weeks. I'm talking like literally four, this is like oh three, four God. weeks after we moved in. I came home to an eviction notice. Like I was mad. It's like I was so fucking mad. I grabbed a piece of paper, ran down to the leasing office. I was just, I literally just rose hell in the leasing office. I was like, Check your fucking security cameras, check your records. I walked in here with money, with two money orders, one for each of us to pay our rent, blah, blah, blah. Oh my God. I, they, I probably scared the poor lady working in the office, to be honest. <laughs> um, were you able what? to verify what happened? Uh, yeah. So basically what happened was they applied our money. One of our money orders got applied to somebody else's account oh, and I literally had to sit there and raise hell until they went and pulled out all of their checks that were yet to be deposited and we hand sifted through like hundreds of checks and files and shit until they finally found the one and it was like oh yeah there it is you're good to go and I thought to myself I love oh, I'm I'm good to go you put an eviction notice on my door. No, I'm not good to go. Like, we need to fucking talk about this. You know, anyway, that fizzled out. We ended up staying there for the rest of the year because, like, shit got a little bit better. And then after we re-signed for another year, uh, we <laughs> our heat went out in winter. Uh, it was, like, okay. November. Our heat went out. and they And they went through this phase of, like, trying to fix. And it would work for a couple of days and it would go out again, so on and so forth. And then after like two weeks of that, it just finally went out and we had no heat in like one of the coldest winters of North Carolina for three months. Oh, like <laughs> no, no heat at all. And we lived in a basement level apartment too. So we were, you know, closest to the ground. So it got really fucking cold in there. Uh, and their solution for it were these little like electric heaters that made our power bill like $250 a month right. for our <sighs> apartment, you know? <laughs> so like, I remember calling them and being like, Hey, uh, you know, my power bill is sky fucking high and my rent is the same and my heat doesn't work. And it was literally just like, oh, well, you know, you know, that's the solution that we offer. That's what we have for you until we can get it fixed, blah, blah, blah. What? And then I had to, and then I had to do some research into it. And I found out that it's one of those humongous, like conglomerate, uh, multi-million dollar property management companies oh. that has places like all over the U.S., right? So they don't give a fuck about you at all. 
Um, but I lucked out because I ended up getting to a point where I was like, I started looking into like general statutes for what, what safe and reasonable housing meant in the state of North Carolina. So I ended up actually pulling some legal documents off of state website and kind of flexing those to the property manager and saying, you know, like I can bring legal action against you guys if you don't fucking fix my heat because it's yeah. 20 degrees right now. And, and I, I will literally go broke suing the shit out of you because I can do that based on this statute, this statute, this statute. So I, right. you know, I might've been reaching a little bit with it, but it, I think it kind of worked and I, and I scared the property manager a little bit. And then finally, after a bunch of back and forth and then still nothing changed one day, I called every day. I would call her every day, two, three times a day. I would email her five or six times a day. I bugged the shit out of her because in my head, I'm like, you're fucking enemy. You are the source of my problem yeah. and you're not fixing it. So I'm going to bug the absolute living hell out of you until resolution is found. Basically, it, it ended up being fixed because I found out that this property manager had given notice and she had two weeks left. So she went above her regional property manager's head, terminated my lease early with no fees and uh, gave me my last month's rent for free. Wow. So it ended up being a... It ended up being a huge win in the end because the property manager, we actually had a very co candid conversation and she was like, this is an evil fucking company. I could get in a lot of legal trouble for what I did, but they kind of fucking suck and I'm on my way out. So, uh, you know, and then I asked, I was like, hey, can you put this like terminating my lease with no fees, all this, can you put this in a document with my name and my now ex's name on it? So that way we don't face any. She's like, yep, I got you. She gave me letterhead document signed everything. So I was like, wow, oh shit, we're free. Uh, but, but they never fixed the heat ever. Sure. <laughs> you know, like that's, that's kind of the, that's kind of the fun part is that the heat never got fixed. And yeah, it just, it, I can't believe that, you know, it was like my first part, but with my ex. And it ended up being, we knew it was going to be shitty, but we didn't know it was going to be no heat for three months, water problems, yeah. and having to threaten legal action against my landlord shitty. So, uh, yeah, guys, you know, I encourage anyone who's a renter, if you're a tenant, you know, if you're having problems with your landlord, look into what your state can do for you law-wise. I mean, look into your tenant's rights because some states have better ones than others. You know, there there are things that you can flex to get under your landlord's skin at the very least and maybe nudge them in the right direction and get the shit that you need. So that way you can just try to live comfortably. Um, always do your research, always read up. Yeah. All right. Thanks. Appreciate it. Yeah. Thanks for calling in. Yeah. Yeah. That's that. Yeah. Thanks guys. You got Sorry. Ah, oh, that's Brett, the rude. Um, the, that's the thing about the landlords though, is they will out, they will export all of the cost to you if they can. Uh, I got, when I, my old place, like the windows in it were basically like tissue paper. You could just feel cold air rushing in from the, a hole in the door. Uh, and that, the, the electricity bill there was more than what I'm paying now. And they weren't, they're not going to bother to change the, they have to pay money to change the windows. And then, you know, they don't even see the savings. So what the fuck do they care? You know? Yeah. 
Yeah, they're not going to fucking care about the windows. Your your window, if they could do it, they would just put wood where your windows are. <laughs> All right, next call. Thanks for calling Street Fight. Who are we talking to tonight? Hello? Uh-oh. Is this a Skelly Wally? Skelly, Skelly. Hello? It's me. We got you. Hi. Hey. Cool. Uh, hi. Hi, this is um, Sunshine in Eugene, Oregon. Uh, hey, Sunshine. I, drove by, I just drove by the skate park, and there, I'm pretty sure there was like a bio, like a metal or like a steel biohazard, like safe drop box for um, needles. Pretty sure. So, so that's a, a good development in the world, I guess. I'll leave with that. Um, yeah. I just wanted to celebrate that and. Good. Oh, and there was um, an action earlier today. There's um, someone being evicted in Eugene after her and her partner have lived there for eight years. And it's, like, always been a problem. Belle is notoriously, like, terrible to their tenants. And uh, they're fighting this eviction. Um, wow. And some people, you know, protested outside of uh, the Bell management office earlier so yeah it was a good day i guess yeah that sounds great thank you for for giving us that info it's good to know um i, I was listening to sunshine yeah living up to the name yeah yeah uh oh and then oh okay now i'm gonna be like rainy cloud bad news person oh, no. um, oh, no. okay Wait, we're ready i I I got uh, my first vaccine shot, and yeah. um, the people were, like, crawling in my window, I swear to God. Like, they couldn't get close enough to my fucking face, and it drove me nuts. Um, yeah. And they were all wearing, like, the shitty gaiters. Like, I don't know. It just, I had no trust in, like, how it was being administered, which I think goes back to what some other callers were talking about, which is, like, are just, like, blanket distrust of, like, how the state is going to handle any of this. And it was all by the Air Force, which also makes me feel uncomfortable because that's just, like, not my idea of, like, somebody I trust to do something. Oh, and then... Yeah, it's very... And then they told me... It is very apocalyptic. I asked the person who had missed... Right? It's very... It's so bad. It's just, like, not good... Not good science coming out of this. Um, I asked the person who, like, shot me in the arm with it, like, because they were wearing the best mask out of the ones I've, I've seen since I've been there for, like, an hour and a half or whatever. Um, and she said, don't worry about it. Okay, I'm, like, I'm paraphrasing a little bit. She said, don't worry about it. Um, they've all had the vaccine. I was like, that, that, that means shit. That means literally, like, that means we need to be more careful. Like, you can't. I don't know what to say to these people. Anyways, it's all bad. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean, yeah, you're. I think you're really supposed to still wear the mask because you can still transmit it if you, uh, if you, after you get the vaccine. Like, you can still get COVID after you get the vaccine. It just won't kill you, which is like, hey, that's all I'm looking for, really. I just don't want it to kill me. That's it. I'll take COVID yeah, as long as I, it don't kill me. I'm I'm really worried about like people in my life who are like 
medically fragile. So I just like can't like any any chance that like I'm not going to harm this person, I'm going to take it. So that's how I feel about it. Yeah, yeah. I think also someone dipping their head in the car, you can sip on a little bit of COVID. It's not going to catch. I think it needs to. I, be- I had to ask. I asked two people to back up two feet. Like, I'm pretty good about setting my boundaries. Like, hey, can you give me another two feet, please? I really appreciate it. Thank you so much. Great. You know, like, I can, like, and they do it, and they're really surprised when I do it. It's great. (laughs) But that's all over. Nice. Well, congratulations on the vaccine. Uh, And thanks for calling. Yeah, all right. Have a great night, everybody. This is a great Have a good night, sunshine. Enjoying it. Yeah, appreciate it. Peace. I missed what you said the, there at the end. Yeah, me too. But uh uh all right. Uh where are we at here, Brett? We still got a full queue? No, we've got a few more. All right, we got nineteen minutes here. Thanks for calling Street 19. Fight. Who are we talking to tonight? Hey guys, it's uh Doug in Jersey. How are you? Doing well. What's up, Doug? How's it going? Uh it's nice and snowy, so tomorrow's a snow day, so that's cool. Um, so I just listened to the other callers, just a couple of things, just like real quick. Um, so in the same way that like being a police officer is the only way that like dumb people in this country can make six figures and get a pension, like being a landlord is the only way dumb people can like leverage one mortgage into like five. So like yeah. it just, by, by, by its very nature, just like, it's just a vacuum for like the worst, dumbest just cruelest people that we produce. I mean, previous president, perfect example, just absolute, just reptiles. Yeah. Um, the whole, the, the whole boom with the TV know, show, the flipping thing where it just turned out like you're, you now are in charge of somebody else's home, but you got to make as much money as possible. You know, you need to cut every corner that you fucking can. You're a home flipper now. Yeah, it's like uh, you have to uh, extract as much of their equity as possible and give them as little heat as possible. Yeah, that's your challenge, you know. And it's just it just attracts like the word just like you know being a cop. Just like you know, you, two years, you know, you're walking around making 150 with overtime, you know, in, in Jer- you know in Jersey City. So it just it's just a vacuum for like the worst people that we produce. So and uh, yeah. I'm lucky I I have a mortgage, so thanks. I but I did it for like a long time and it was the worst. So um It sounds bad. Yeah, I just wanna I actually, Yeah, it's just you know. Um I actually want to talk to Brian about Woodstock ninety nine. Okay. So I was I was there. I was nice. there no, because you and Matt you and Matt had a conversation um about it a long time ago. And the gist I got away from it was that it was just kind of like you guys just thought it was like it felt like pointless. Like it was just, you know, being an asshole to be, you know, like kind of like starting the riots just to start them. And I have a very different memory because I was a little younger. I think I was like 14 when I went um, and I was sober mostly. Um, like I felt like the anger came from like the fact that they were charging like $37 for a cheeseburger in 99. And I think that's like yeah. actually the beginning of like the beginning of my radicalization happens at Woodstock 99. Like when I can't afford a cheeseburger, you know what I mean? And, and I, I think that like that, that event for, 
you know, the people that were there, I mean, I remember it just being like, people were pissed because that was like the biggest shit show, like the biggest capitalist shit, shit show I've ever seen. Just, yeah, I the, mean, you were the there. Water, like I, remember the, I remember the water being $4 was the big, that's what people were pissed off about. There was no free water and the water was $4 a bottle. And at the time that was a shitload of money. They, they, now they charge $8 a bottle for water at, at concerts and the minimum wage is still the yeah. same as it was when Woodstock 99 happened. So, oh my God. Uh, oh my God. Um, yeah. And it was on a, you know, it was on a, that air force base. It was just like literally just a huge skillet. So like people yeah, it was just, hot as fuck. you know, overheating, dude, it was so hot. And it was just like, like, you're not going to give me water right now for real. Um, but yeah. that Saturday night, um, that Saturday night of music, like biscuit and rage and Metallica, I don't, you, you were, you were obviously over there. That just was insanity. Like easily one of the best, like even at 14, like I was like, oh, this is, this is amazing. So I just remember that being like the, um, I, I just remember you guys having that conversation and it's always kind of been at the back of my head. So I'm like, like there was definitely a reason to burn shit for sure. So I always felt like it was, it was focused. And that's at least where my radicalization starts. Like, yo, these guys are charging $37 for a hamburger. Like, you know, back then that was like, I mean, they were, it was like 12, I think it was like $12 back or something, you know, back then that's like, like almost $22 today. I'm doing the math right. So, um, and the tickets were but, 200 bucks yeah. too. The, I remember the tickets yeah. were 200 bucks. I was making $4 and 50 cents an hour at that time. So, <laughs> or maybe I was making five fifteen by then, but, uh, yeah, it was, it, it was an expensive day. And like, I do think that part of it was that, but it was also a real pointless kind of violence. It was a lot of really drunk people just acting like fools. It, it to me, at least it, from what I remember. But yeah, I think also it was people pissed off about the prices of things. Yeah. And it was just, I mean, you remember how disorganized it was. I mean, it was fun. Like, you know, yeah, there's a documentary coming out about it, a docuseries coming out about it. I'm pretty excited to see it because just some of the stuff, Chris Wade, uh, I've talked to him about it a few times, uh, from Chapo and he has like a ton of information. Like he, he's just always kind of followed it and read about it. And like, uh, I'm pretty excited to see this docuseries. If they get into some of the stuff that he talked about, it's going to be very good because it is a, pretty it, it was really the f- first of these mega festivals these these fucking Lollapaloozas, these bonnaroos it was like the first of them and they learned a lot of lessons from those namely like i mean mainly one of them was like don't have a whole night full of angry heavy metal you know what i mean yeah you're gonna need some you know you're gonna need some house music and some techno and probably some ecstasy to like chill these people out, you know, so they're not like, you know, they're not storming the Bastille on, on, you know, on, on day three. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. But it was a good time. I remember, be, I, I remembered having fun at Woodstock 99, but uh, oh, I know yeah, there was some hellish and, shit. Yeah. And you're, and you're right. It's kind of the, it is the, uh, the embryo for like 
what became just, I mean, towards the end, like the festival scene is just, you know, cause like I'm an electronic music head. So like, unfortunately that's where my kind of, you know, my music kind of went. Um, and it was just, you know, it, it, they, they got so good at like extracting money at the end. It was the complete opposite. And it was just, you felt just as violated, like as, as Woodstock 99, like when you're walking around with like a, like a money wristband that you just like wave and they just taking your money. Like, you know, it, they, they like refined it. Like it was like, almost like the, like the third Reich or something. They, they got it so like scientifically down so they could extract every single dollar from you in the most efficient way possible. So it, it like, it came like full circle. Yeah. Um, the money like wristband makes people. you, the money wristband really does make you spend a lot more money than you normally would. I've only been to one show that had that. Oh. But it, I spent a lot of fucking money. Yeah, yeah. You just, I mean, like, there's a there's a spot in New York that like has all like big shows and stuff, and they use it. And it's like, oh yeah, yeah. Let's go get a drink. And it's like, you're just like, you know, you get like a seven dollar, you, you know, seven ounce like Red Bull and vodka for like forty four dollars. You're just like waving your band, and like all of a sudden you look at your phone, and you're like, hey, that was like four hundred bucks. Oh my god, that was not good. Yeah, and yeah. Got, we you went know, to Austin. We went to Austin City Limits. I spent $450 the first day. And I was like, okay, so on the second day, I'm going to have to be a little bit more careful. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm just going to put like 40 bucks on here. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Um, but listen, I, you guys, you, yeah, you guys want to get through your calls. I just wanted to call and, uh, and, and you know, say what's up. And, uh, yeah, you guys have a good night. You Thank too. you. Appreciate you it. You do. Have a good night. Cheers, guys. Peace. Bye. Bye. I just sounded like my dad. Yeah. Bye. Yeah. Hey, bye. Um, uh, Cruise is also very similar to that, where they you get they get you in the door and then you just hand a room key to everybody, everybody, and all of a sudden, that you find out the beers are six dollars a piece. Yeah, you just spend a fuckload of money and without even thinking about it because you're not swiping your card. It's right. a genius way to extract money from you. Yep. Thanks for calling Street Fight. Who are we talking to tonight? Hey, how's it going? Good. How about yourself? Right. How are you? you? Me? Yep. Good. Um, this is my first time calling. I'm a, I've been, I'm a long time listener. First time caller, that whole deal. Um, but, and I'm also, I'm also at work. So that's, uh, Ooh. like pretty on par. Ooh, yeah, um, bingo yeah, in the back right? office right now. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I work at a little hotel that's pretty dead. Um, so I, I actually had a, a big story to tell, but I figure since time is running out, I'll save it. I, I feel like I should get my chops on the show, uh, just talking about a little something briefer. But I have a little preview. I had a, my best friend was uh, killed by police in 2015, and I'm very uh, – it's been enough years that I'm like, you know what, I, I feel like I can talk about that story a little more, and it's sort of an interesting tale. Um, so I'll save that, though, because it's a little dramatic and takes a little longer. Um, but I, I want to tell you a, a story about uh, – um, this employer I had, so I'm in Northern California, right? And, uh, I work for these hotels. The one I'm working at for now, right now is a pretty, pretty bummy, a little, little rundown, little off the side of the road. But, uh, back in the day, I worked in this place. You can look it up. I'm not like afraid to talk about them. They're called the proper San Francisco. And there's a, there's a few of these all over the place, like proper Hollywood and whatever. They're kind of building them up. Okay. Um, 
but it's pretty pretty interesting pretty interesting little little tidbit um so i so i when i started there it was basically when the when the place was opening up and they had you know like they had us go get like tailored suits and it was like a pretty nice starting hourly rate and you know and it was one of those places where like i used to get in trouble for not like pulling out my my sleeve over my jacket you know they would like come up to me and make sure that everything is like you know, like I couldn't have my po- hand in my pocket. Like I'd have a manager come and physically pull my hand out of my pocket. Like, no, no, no. Like, we wow. don't do that here, which was really just kind of gross. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, can um, I ask you something? Are you but, supposed you know, to I, have the sleeve of your yeah, shirt yeah. outside of your jacket? It's it's supposed to be like a just a skew, just a little, so you can see the color matches. You know. Yeah, that's so what they on wanted. The sleeve, <laughs> on the sleeve, my sleeve is supposed uh-huh. to be sticking out of the jacket on, it, on a suit. Yeah. Just enough. Crazy. Not, like a, a, not like as far to the button, but just like an inch. You know? Quarter inch or something. Yeah. It's so, something ridiculous. Yeah. They were, they were pretty big on the normal. Yeah. And it was so funny too, is we were all like tailored suits. And one day I was working and like just sort of bent down to get like a pencil and the whole back blew out. Like you could hear it. <laughs> it was just like these fucking pieces of shit. Sorry, I can't, I don't know if I can, I actually have no idea if I can. You can cuss, it's fine. Um, but yeah, um, yeah, so it was pretty funny that we like, they were so particular and then they were just like really crap on me. But anyway, the, um, yeah, so let me tell you a little tiny bit about this place. So it, it's this down, it's in, Tenderloin, where if you've been, ever been to San Francisco, when conservatives like rant about like San Francisco being full of human feces, they're talking about Tenderloin. It's like, you know, where basically they've pushed all the homeless people. It's like where the majority of the crime happens and where all the like government services are. You know, it's where like Las Vegas sends people on a one way ticket. Um, and they built this like nice fancy hotel. Uh, where like Elon Musk stays and they have a rooftop bar that's like, you know, premier in the city. Um, they built it like dead center with a tenderloin, like right on market street. And then I came in like a week after they opened and you could see like cops would come in and use our one way windows to like scope outside into the street and make busts. Wow. And then when like within like a month, the whole, the whole street was like cleared. They had like a really nice, like little donut shop where like, you know, people would gather and get really cheap food and they shut that place down. It was just really like quick and brutal, like gentrification. You know? Wow. Um, that's intense. <laughs> yeah. And the, they, I remember we had a meeting early on where they were doing like a, you know, introducing us to the rooftop bar, which they're opening. And they literally, the guy had like, there's, there were three owners and one was like the art guy who, uh, whose wife was this lady, Kelly Worsler. You can look her up. She's like a really, famous posh whatever she like designed the whole thing and then they had the kind of pompous guy who used to who like had to quit the company he was like hitting on all the women you know he was like had his shirt unbuttoned all the time and it was just like gross yeah um and then they had this one guy who was like pretty nice he was like the tech guy kind of i guess that's how i saw him um and they had a meeting where they literally talked about the rooftop as like the crown looking over like the squalor like it was really just really gross, like made me sick to my stomach. Yeah. And then I got this little opportunity when I quit to like, <clears throat> um, when I quit, I like wrote out a little thing and like made it like a big deal. Like they were like, Oh, tell us about how you feel about the company. And I took the section where there are like any criticisms and I just sort of went ham. And the, the, I could see the HR person was like, what is all this? And like basically confronted me before I could finish. And I had this like moment where I kind of second guessed myself, like maybe I'm being too much. 
And I had this sort of back and forth with her. I was like, look what you guys are doing, like kicking people out on the street or kicking people off the corner or whatever. Um, and she sort of, and she goes, do you know how much we donate to the Tenderloin? And I got really like taken back. I was like, oh no, maybe I'm wrong. And I just sort of threw it out there because I thought this is what it would be. And I was like, what is it, like 15%? And she kind of was like, no, it's like 1%. <laughs> <laughs> and then all of a sudden, like all of it came back. And I was like, oh yeah, these guys are shit. Like they're, they don't care. <laughs> like they're going to, they're going to like flaunt you know, 1% or whatever. But, um, but, but the way I wanted to tie it all up is after I left this place, um, you know, I'm like me and my friends share news a lot, just like funny stuff, like rich people being stupid or whatever. And, uh, <laughs> it came out that the first person to ever be arrested for drinking and driving a self-driving vehicle was like arrested or whatever in San Francisco. Okay. Um, did you guys hear about that? I feel like no. maybe I heard you talk about that or something. <laughs> Not at all. No, yeah. So there's been a few people. Yeah, it's it's so cops pulled a guy over who was like passed out asleep in his Tesla that was like driving him home, and it turned out that it was my it was the tech boss that I had that owned this company. What? Um, it was like, yeah, it's like perfect full full circle. The first man ever to be arrested drunk driving a self driving car, you know, is like the owner of this <laughs> hotel that I worked at downtown. <laughs> That's so. insane. Yeah, I feel like they they were great, great like uh, parody characters. They could make like a TV show out of these guys. They were great. Yeah, that's um, I don't I, I they really that good that you can they they aren't that good though. They they're covering it up when they when they get in accidents, aren't they? You know, I I bet they're not. I imagine it's like you know you're like if you're this guy, you're like a drunk dude. He's like, oh, I'm sure I'll be fine, and then. I doubt he thought like, oh, I'm just going to take a nap. I'm sure, sure it was an accident <laughs> to pass out. So I don't think they're that yeah. good. No, but you know, I've heard that they can pull in and out of your driveway for you. So maybe. Yeah. Yeah. I want one of those. Sounds great. <laughs> just yeah. drinking and driving. I know. If you'd be able to get home with no worries. Yeah. Just laying down in my car and sleeping while, uh, I travel to wherever I'm going. <laughs> yeah well that was a that was a little story i wanted to tell i thought that was interesting yeah. you should if you ever google first or you know if you ever google drunk driving self-driving car it's going to be my old boss that pops up and nice. i i think that's a little nice. like special gem in my life yeah, it's pretty funny something good to look up something <laughs> something fun to, to do on the i'm internet. curious i would be curious yeah. enough I, you never know i might look that up someday actually yeah <laughs> thanks for calling um, and there'll be more, I'm sure. Yeah, thanks so much. Uh, I'll call back with a better, uh, more, maybe darker, but a better story next time. All right. All right. Thanks, thanks for calling. That was great. All right. That's, yeah, all, that's that all the calls. All right. We did it, dude. We did uh, it in exactly three hours. Uh, just to clarify. We are sorry, but the show has ended. Goodbye. Um, Goodbye to you, too. Just to clarify, the suit length is a half an inch or less of your sleeve should be peeking out of your, your jacket. And then, uh, sunshine, uh, said to follow E U G dot H A N D. Uh, that's the Eugene eviction group that they were talking about. You huge hand E U G dot H A N D on Instagram. Not to be confused with huge too. Not, not the same as huge too. No, no. All right. Well, that's the show. That was fun. We I mean, it. it's a little, I can't wait to be back in the studio next week, but, uh, 
We did it. We persevered through this quarantine. It's happening. Well, thanks thanks for listening. Um, I ate too many CBD cookies. I'm very relaxed. Uh, I'll see you on Wednesday. Peace.